Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing Movie. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blurry of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Press play and press pause when the Warner Brother logo fades to black. At the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause, at which point I'll press play. You'll press play. We'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, with five friends in your head, not to mention an entire party worth of people here, because today, for 24 straight hours, we are watching every single Harry Potter movie. It is the 24-hour Harry Potter Malariathon. Yeah. We are doing it! That is what we are uh, on doing. On mic right now, and this will change constantly over the course of the day, no. is Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. Derek Zarban Jensen. Hello. I guess whatever. Kyle Mattingly. Expelliarmus. Myself, as always, Teague Christie. And in the fifth mic, we got Eddie the Eddie Doty. That's me. Who's our resident chef, Dean Naird, <laughs> as you, uh, you <laughs> said in, in Lord of the Rings. Uh, over the course of the day, Mr. Doty will be preparing us meals uh, themed to the books and, um, well, I guess movies. I don't know Lord how, of the how movies, you theme them. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, give us, a, give us 30 seconds of uh, philosophy <laughs> on what you're doing with the with the food today it's nothing crazy it's nothing from any like the official or unofficial cookbooks I'm not going I'm not making butterbeer or anything like that I'm just taking the title and maybe one or two things from the movie and just kind of doing my interpretation it's all light food that you can eat while commentating won't fill you up and kind of keep you going for 24 hours long also relatively cheap and easy to make at home so if uh, throughout the day we might be linking recipes I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work but if you have any questions email us cool that means that if you guys are ready at home, we are ready oh, here. Also, uh, someone oh, did course. make a point. It is the extended cuts. It, these are the extended cuts. Today. We're doing uh, so. Philosophers and Chamber extended cuts. Now, before we get doing this, we don't want to be belaboring this point all day long, but it's worth mentioning now, and we'll mention it a couple more times, maybe between the movies, that at friendsinyourhead.com slash Potter, big old donate button. We are trying to send nets to places with carrier mosquitoes and malaria problems, and we can totally do that yeah. if we all donate. $3 buys a net, so, you know... I would say at least $3, you know, donate in increments of three. Uh, if you can't donate anything, share this link and all that stuff. Get us out there so that other people can. If you can donate, any amount helps. Go to the friendsinyourhead.com slash potter site. Click the uh, donate button and donate a couple bucks. We'll see if we can get this thing up to 10K by the end of the night. You guys ready to go? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Cool. You're at the point where the Warner Brothers logo has faded to black in the Philosopher's Stone extended cut. And you're okay. We're saying Philosopher's Stone. It's Sorcerer's Stone. It's the same DVD, you guys. Extended cut. Warner <laughs> Brother logo fade to black. You guys ready? Here we go. Um, oh my God, I'm not ready. Ha <laughs> ha. Sorry. Here we go. Three, two, one. On pause. So, oh, I forgot that it just starts right into it. It actually skips uh, a good portion of the the intro with with people. The the Vernon. the muggles uh, see the the you know, the world kind of celebrating. So this is the night uh, after the events. This is not the night that, um, or in the movies, it might be the night that, that uh, Voldemort was defeated. Yeah, I believe, didn't, wasn't Harry taken straight from the home? I'm sorry, fucking get excited! I know. <laughs> See what I just did? Dumbledore! We I were, cussed. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Every you, time someone cusses today, that's a $3 malaria net I gotta buy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. And we led with it. Get excited, you people. Yeah. For me, I mean, I, I there he is. When I was a, uh, I actually saw this opening night at the Man Chinese, um, and and waited just a ridiculous line. Uh, it was uh, for me, it was on par with the same with the episode one line mm. uh, that we're at. But it makes sense. It it, it totally does. I mean, it, it, and I was kind of surprised by that. Like I had just read uh, Sorcerer's Stone at the behest of my girlfriend at the time, who was huge into the books. Um, but I remember when I saw this. Um, and I didn't have a ton of faith in Chris Columbus, even though I, I'm going to defend him in a little bit over the time. I remember when I saw this, and yeah, you see it with the midnight crowd. There's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement already kind of 
you know, in, inbred into that. Um, just this opening sequence, I felt like did a pretty good job of at least capturing, uh, if not a lot of things, just the tone I felt like and the sort of the whimsy, uh, which is I think a word we're going to keep coming back to a lot today. Yeah. Um, I felt like it, it caught a lot of that at least, at least right off the bat. It absolutely nails the feeling of this of this chapter. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, although it's it's so early on, it's funny. Like in a second, when McGonagall says the word "muggle," she's yeah. like, "I don't know what word I'm saying here. I don't know what that <laughs> means." And you get that feeling from it. Whereas in the second one, as we'll discuss, everybody's already seen this first one, and everyone sees how it came together, and they're like, "Okay, I get what we're doing now." And right. and from from the word "go," the second one, all of the adults get it like way more than they they do in this one. In this one, they're kind of like, "Okay, I guess we're making some weird kids wizard movie right now." And you almost get the same meta <laughs> feeling watching this scene. In the movie as you do when you read the book for the first time where you're like I, I'm not really you when you see this movie for the first time you aren't really like these characters don't feel comfortable to you yet because yeah. you're seeing them in flesh for the first time and when you read the book for the first time you you're not sure what's going on yet it's all very strange and people are saying words you don't understand so it, in a meta way even it, it matches up pretty well yeah knowing what we know about Hagrid later mm-hmm. would you trust Hagrid with a baby I don't understand <laughs> Dumbledore has this on a flying bike <laughs> of having weird of having weird trust <laughs> issues he's he, tr- he trusts unusual people with unusual tasks but he, yeah he uh certainly Hagrid uh, 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 the look of all of this I mean looking at it completely silently definitely what you picture when you read the, what I pictured when I read the book you know, all, all of these people. Richard Harris, we'll get we'll get into him as um, Dumbledore, but you know, especially as there's a changeover. I certainly agree with people who say he looks like Dumbledore. He looks sure. like the Dumbledore that that you would expect yeah. to see when you when you read the book. I remember really loving Richard Harris, uh, his casting because I've I've been a fan of his like you know prior to this, obviously. Um, one thing I noticed when I was rewatching these, kind of preparing for this. Um, and and for those who don't know me, I'm, I'm an editor by trade. We all have different like specialties. People work in visual effects and whatnot. Um, <laughs> as an editor, this movie in particular has some of the oddest insert shots. Mm. I've, I've seen like and it's just a pure reaction. Uh, and usually with Hagrid, and a lot of times with Hermione. Um, now she uh, she does a good job acting wise, but it just it, it seems oddly paced and oddly inserted. And that was just something that stood out to me throughout. I, is that it just seemed like really odd timing for some of them. I think what uh, what happened honestly, and and I have. I gained a lot of, um, I gained a, a bit more respect for for Chris Columbus in the watching the behind the scenes for this when he makes the point that you know th- these are all, but you know toddlers that that he's working with basically, <laughs> and so he he would get maybe three four hours a day to shoot with them, right? And they none of them were really all that experienced, and they had a lot of stuff to do. So it was they would shoot like eleven cameras on every yeah. conversation, and they had to constantly be cutting because they could only get one line at a time. So it's a very, as he points out himself, it's a very cutty film. They yeah. couldn't do a lot with the the cinematography, particularly when the kids were involved. Yeah, and so. I can give him that totally. for for this, and and so he deserves some credit. Um, that that maybe he he might have done better, and I think Chamber of Secrets is improved. But then again, you go to his a later film like Rent, and it's not that much <laughs> more stylized. It really or, isn't, or, yeah. or uh, you know. Uh, proficient than than this movie is and that was all grown up so he's got really no excuse there and i'll say this about chris columbus because i mean on the one hand i love so much of what he's done so many of his movies have defined as a writer especially have defined my childhood from adventures and babysitting he wrote the goonies you know he directed i mean he's, he's directed a lot of stuff prior to his straight up 90s stint of rom-coms but um 
he'll always give like this impassioned plea about how he personally co- connects to each and every oh, yeah. one. And he go, he in the press That's for how this he did that with Rent. I remember that. Rent. He's like, I had it. I was in a ten story walk yeah. up. I felt it. Yet stylistically, um, they're all the you, same. They're all the same. You don't feel like you don't see that passion kind of come through. Yeah. You just everything's locked off. Everything's yeah. just like it's it's mini stage plays throughout a good stretch of this. Yeah. God bless so. him. He, he I'm, I'm sure he does feel very passionate about it. Of course. But yeah. it, like you say, I I don't see that on the screen. <laughs> You're absolutely in right. Any of his stuff. Right. I see a perfectly competent, practically. I mean, we've we've used the word workmanlike to to refer to him. It's almost it's almost textbook yeah. shooting. It's yeah. almost you know, um, and in a sense, it's good. And and if you're if you're just learning filmmaking, Chris Columbus is is actually a good place to start because he he doesn't get too fancy. And it's like okay, you can get the the idea of yeah. shot reverse shot and all of that stuff. But if you want to go beyond that, then you have to go beyond him, which. Fortunately, ultimately, the films do. I think the films uh, evolve in an interesting way, filmmaking-wise. Absolutely. As well. Two things about this snake. One, I love the way it moves. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, really good. I don't know how well This the, is practical, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, I mean, is, this is. It's perfect. When he's talking to it. When when there's a close-up on it, it's uh, yeah. CG. Yeah. When it, when it leaves, uh, when it moves away out of the out of the uh, enclosure, it's, it's just something about the way it moves is just dead on. It works for yeah. me. And then also the other thing about it is, uh, I believe JK Rowling did confirm that that is Nagini that we're looking at. No, she said what? it's not. She, are you it sure? is not. I could have sworn she said, no, that's a, that's a fake confirmation. She okay. never uh, confirmed all right. it. All right. The, she, she said that this is not Nagini. All right. That made no sense to me. So yeah. I'm right. glad that that isn't the case. I, I was, I was actually going to bring that up if, okay. if you hadn't. So yeah. yeah. Um, young Ricky Gervais looks really good here. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it, I, I'm not sure why they changed it from, I, I believe it was a Brazilian boa constrictor to a Burmese python. Oh. Um, but I suppose it just probably looked better. Does he still uh, say film. Brazil? Uh, no, he says Burma, Burma. In, yeah. the, in the movie. We talk but, about how the, uh, the youngsters you know, didn't have much uh, experience, but Dan probably had the most experience, I think, right? He did David Copperfield on TV and... Uh, and Taylor of Panama before this, yep. and I think Rupert had done some television, right? I think no, I think Rupert hadn't done anything. He he was a uh, uh, basically just a kid. I think it would have been way funnier if Dudley had ran headfirst into that glass instead of putting <laughs> yeah. his hand up. Well, because yeah. you wouldn't do that. Yeah, you wouldn't put your hand up if you thought there was nothing yeah, there. No. If he had just got up and gone blam, High that five, would have been guys. fantastic. You know, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give, uh, I'm gonna sympathize with these guys here because I don't care how awful you are. If your kid is on the other side of a of a snake cage, yeah. I'd, I'd be pretty pissed at <laughs> yeah. Harry. And Harry was smiling. I'd be pretty gone. pissed off at Harry as well. Can we just give props to Vernon Dursley here, who yeah. oh, I think gosh. Richard Griffiths, consistently yeah. has the best facial expressions of anyone. They're always perfect. Yeah, he's he's got to skate the line between being the. I mean, this is this is based this movie is basically Cinderella practically, yes. yep. and. Uh, so he's got to be the wicked. He's got to be skate the line between being right on the border of a cartoon, a caricature, mm-hmm. but just believable enough that this this world works because the the world has to be believable as well. You have oh, to... so this is an extended scene that we're yeah. watching right now with his uh, smeltings. Yeah, uniform. the smelting stick. Yeah. Fun, fun play at home game. Um, imagine Vernon uh, Vernon's voice being that of Bane from Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Uh, or imagine him as an animated walrus, and you're you're. Uh, yes, I think he's, 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 the, he's the walrus the from the Walrus and the Carpenter. No kid, what? No, uh, that, they, no, he's not actually. I'm saying the character. Oh, the character, is, oh. basically. Okay, yeah. Although yeah, you I mean, know who I was gonna uh, bring this up <laughs> later, but um, people people talk about how they picture Dumbledore. I always pictured Dumbledore in the books as uh, Merlin from uh, the Sword in the Stone. Yeah, That's I always Dumbledore pictured him me. as uh, sure. Ian McKellen. 
I mean, for me, uh, yeah, it was just always in my head. Uh, maybe, maybe not the first time I read the first book. Coming right off of Lord of the Rings, I yeah. think. I think you said Wizard and just McKellen just popped in everybody's collective consciousness. Well, that and Gandalf yeah. was just so Dumbledore <laughs> in those movies. Yeah, yeah. which or is why in the books, as we'll as we'll talk about uh, as we'll talk about a little bit, well, quite a bit later. Um, I think the where where J.K. Rowling takes Dumbledore is so important is so significant in that way because it's what defines him as being so different from Gandalf. Because uh, if if what what went on with Dumbledore later in the the story humanizes him in a way mm-hmm. that Gandalf cannot be humanized because he's right. a human. Right. Now somebody brought this up in chat, and I think it's a great point. Um, if you if this is your sort of your introduction to to Richard Griffiths, uh, you need 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 as soon as you're done watching 24 hours of these movies with us. Uh, once it went and then and then nap and then eat and then say hi to your loved ones. After that, <laughs> go on Netflix and it's on Netflix streaming currently. It's called Withnell and I. It's Ooh. spelled like Withnail, but Withnell and I with Richard Griffiths. I mean, it's one. Of, it's it's probably in my top 20 favorite films of all time. It is. It's hysterical. It's oddly moving it's really 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 good and richard griffiths is just he's all over that so go check that out once you get a chance and he he passed away just a few months ago that so yeah, let's go ahead and pour one out yeah so is it earlier this year or like late last year earlier this year yeah. Yeah. it was recently out. enough but that i remembered it yeah. yeah these are these are real owls that which was a complete mm-hmm. pain in the ass to do apparently um and they to the point where they they originally shot on location privet drive and then they had to build a privet drive just so they could continue shooting with the owls, basically, because it was going to cost them almost as much for the location for a second day as it would just to build privet drive and right. have it for <laughs> you know the next ten years. So they did that. Another extended uh, bit. bit of the the letter letters in inside the, egg. the eggs, yeah, yeah, which is great. Yeah. It's the 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 the. Stalkeriness of the, of the magic <laughs> is actually is actually wonderful. There's a there's a uh, a bit to it that that we lose in the yeah. in the theatrical version, um, because it basically just goes from him them getting letters to him burning letters. You don't see the the degree to which right. Hogwarts is is going crazy to no to howler though. Harry. Aside from the pl- there wasn't a, there wasn't a howler and yeah. uh, we, we're not introduced to howlers till the next one. Yeah. If if you if you if you subtract the whimsical plunky score, which I might add, very very similar to Home Alone, which also directed by Chris Columbus and, and John Williams, and John Williams did the score of that. Right. I mean, and the scores are extraordinarily similar. If you <laughs> subtract that and then put this from the perspective of the Dursleys, I mean, it's a horror movie at this point. Right. Like it's a thriller. <laughs> like it's it's uh, it's not a fun fans. It, it's whimsical stalking, is what. It yeah. Is. From their perspective, it is pretty much Carrie. Yeah. Their, their kid <laughs> yeah. keeps accidentally doing magic that yep. like destroys their family. Wow. That's that. Wow. Well, when, when someone needs Kyle someone needs deep. to write the fanfiction.net version <laughs> well, of I'm this. I'm just saying, like, can you fun. imagine and the, the feeling when your sister starts expanding like a balloon? Yeah. Yes, actually, I can. You're adopted. <laughs> oh, so. oh. burn teak sister. My sister is really skinny and she's awesome and she's beautiful. These no, are all kidding. that was good. <laughs> yes, she is. These are all practical, by the way. All of the letters being blown. Even the one that smacked him in the face just now. They actually built a, a rig and a bunch of fans and stuff that could blow all. So. The, the panic to an extent is real with these guys. <laughs> Have you ever been hit in the face hard with a piece of paper? It's, yeah. It's like it, they, made, they made a rubber one oh, okay. just for that purpose. It's not, it's not quite aliens yeah. with the horse guts, but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty close with the, with the letters smacking in the face. Yeah. You can tell they're not envelopes, though. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say, since this is the most Dursley-heavy part of, of probably the, all the films. Yeah, practically. Uh, 
the one thing that I do regret about the uh, series is that they never really resolved the Dursley storyline. Yeah, well as I thought true. They and we'll get to that at the end, but th- there's one scene in particular that, uh, they, that they left out that really, really tied it all together in the books. And that the part where they were shot. killed horribly by werewolves? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. was my favorite. When Fenrir Greyback comes in and slaughters all of them. Yeah. So we, we've just skipped a whole bunch of stuff. Like they go to hotels and mm-hmm. they go to different places and, and the, the letters continue following mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. through all of that. But yeah, I, th- think, I think that was okay to skip. I think it's actually <laughs> funnier to skip straight from the house yes. to f- shack in the, right. in the ocean. They're right. never going to find it. into the lighthouse. Which, which uh, incidentally is um, quite unintentionally because I don't believe it's described this way, but it's very similar. They're in a place very similar to Azkaban. They're in a very muggle uh, equivalent of Azkaban right now. Yeah, I remember reading the book and the, all the stuff where they go from a hotel and they just kind of bounce around. I'm like, this is essentially the Indian poltergeist. Like, it's just, yeah. it's, they're like, we have to leave the house now. Yeah. And this, too, would, this would melt your brain as the Dursleys. Yeah. I mean, just the fact, you know, he, he, gives, he gives Dudley a pigtail. Yes. A literal pig. And his intention was to turn him fully into a pig. <laughs> Which, by the way, he, he would have rightfully gone to Azkaban for the rest of his <laughs> yes. life. Right, yeah. Because later on, anytime anyone does anything in front of a muggle, they're immediately sent to prison. But Hagrid just busts in and he's like, screw you, your kid's a pig now. Yeah. That's kind of like the laws in New Mexico, though, to be honest. Like, right. if you do anything at all, yeah, you're under arrest. Now, right. very famously, um, on set, uh, J.K. Rowling came to set a few times and she pulled aside... Um, oh gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Hagrid. Uh, Robbie, Robbie, Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. They pulled aside Robbie Coltrane, and and you know they were public about that. Oh, she shared secrets about Hagrid, which will be revealed in later books. Uh, specifically, the secret was that uh, was his half. And if you haven't seen this by now, it's on oh, you. Right. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be spoiling. <laughs> gonna be spoiling. Today. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, Hagrid is half giant, and yeah. that's a source of shame, and it's a source of all sorts of so. Which we have no idea. Well, as of now, we could think a we, we might think he's a giant. Right. We right. know he's time. very big, but but yeah. even in the books, they they go very clearly in in giants are a specific race, and they're like yeah, yeah, yeah. tall. Um, the politics of it don't come the, in. The politics, yeah, exactly. Uh, the, and yeah, they don't ever really make it into the movie. But uh, rewatching this, you get a sense that he's definitely internalizing him and running that as much as he can. You do get a sense of just like the timid the timidness and sort of the almost childlike nature of it. Yeah. Um, over yeah. the course of the day, can He's, we start a thing where every time we say Robbie Coltrane, we do it like the OJ's did uh, Love Train? Robbie Coltrane! Or not Love Train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, Robbie Coltrane, Coltrane. I don't know if that's going to last. That's not going to last. Yeah, just try that at three in the morning. An hour deep into... You guys, I don't know how copyright works. Coltrane had a great note about his character with being so... And being in the suit helped him a lot. Because being that large and being that strong gave him um, a sense of how Hagrid, because Hagrid doesn't want to hurt people, right. so Hagrid is always very careful about the way he moves, and he's very gentle because he's he's like, if I if I turn too quickly, I could kill a kid. I could right. just knock its head clean off. Right. So I'm going to be very ginger about the way I move and very slow, and that comes through in in Hagrid, and it makes him very gentle and actually makes makes him the character that he is in the book, which is wonderful. They actually used. Um, for those who don't know, they used Robbie Coltrane up on kind of stilts on on Robbie big... Coltrane. Come on, <laughs> you're really gonna run with this, aren't <laughs> no. you? I want to do it. Okay, <laughs> well, right, that's right, gonna right. get us. You know, that's gonna buy us about an hour and a half of the day. Was <laughs> See, just you're welcome. His name that <laughs> Sorry, way. Coltrane on stilts. Um, he was he was in like big clogs, and then they had a uh, a double by the name of Martin Bayfield, right. who was much taller and actually wore the whole suit and stuff like that. But wasn't just a double; he actually 
had he had a Hagrid head on, and they yeah. over time they they made it animatronic so he could actually kind of say the lines at a that's distance. Awesome. Obviously, when you get close, you're going to want Robbie Coltrane because that's why you you. Uh, on a similar note, I tried to look into this and confirm or deny, uh, as today's beard correspondent, whose beards are real and fake. Uh, I couldn't confirm on Hagrid, but I do. It looks very, very real up top. Like it looks like he grew a little bit. Uh, he may have, but it, it was. To blend. It, yeah, it was. It was makeup, probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kyle, do you take offense to that as someone with a gigantic beard yourself that people <laughs> can just slap him on like Rocking they didn't the even Daniel have to try Bryant about right it? Now look at him. No, because it, it took more work for them to slap that on every day for a film shoot for than it did for you to not shave. Years, yeah. Than for me to not shave and blow dry every day. <laughs> Interestingly enough, and it's a whole other movie franchise. But if you've seen the Avengers at the very end when they do at the post credit scene of them eating falafel. Um, Chris Evans actually has a beard um, uh, that for another movie that he could not shave. So they had a prosthetic, um, a prosthetic just unshaven face. Yeah, they had a, they had a bald cap on his face. He, on his he face. looks like and he yeah, and, he has, and he's leaning on one hand just to literally hold this thing in place. Yeah. And most famously, they went to the premiere of the Avengers at the Man Chinese and then immediately beelined it to set to film that insert mm-hmm. because it, that's how, if you're Joss Whedon, that's how your mind works. So. And I believe they said Hemsworth was was legitimately trying to keep his, his yeah. soul inside of him and the entire breaking, time, staring yeah. at him with you know mump face Captain America. So in this scene, we get some of the uh, the politics uh, between the Muggle world and the Wizarding world, yeah. voiced um, by Petunia there. Yeah, very little though, definitely, because you can because you can almost give it to it like that s- she's just a terrible person. Those people were freaks. Yeah. Now, we meanwhile, their son is like eating cake with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> and. We, and again, take out the smiling Harry inserts. Your son has just sprouted a tail. Yeah. This is awful. Everything happening is really, really yeah. bad. This is the scene this is the scene from Pinocchio yeah. where he turns into a donkey. Yeah. Which is the most terrifying thing ever put to film. Right. <laughs> it's it's Kafka. I would rather like I would rather watch American Werewolf in London than that scene in Pinocchio. Seriously. I would rather show my children American <laughs> Werewolf in London yeah. than that scene in Pinocchio. Yeah. Uh, that my, scene in Pinocchio is a nightmare. My my wife and I were like my wife recently criticized me for showing him uh dumbo recently i have a oh three-year-old my oh, my and, uh, oh boy for a three-year-old the crows? Yeah. but but again it, you know at this point no he's, not that part we're just <laughs> no, we're okay. just shy of the line the to crows. where he can really be emotionally affected by it and i'm like and, and my my exact defense was at least it wasn't pinocchio right like at least it wasn't i mean pink elephants on parade whatever just colors and funny looking animals mm. pinocchio will scar a child like and and an adult with that much well it was re- the, the whole point of that story is to scar a child that's why they, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just got the, the, the end of the scene there. That was, that's the Cinderella moment, right? Yeah. You, th- that's wow. uh, the fairy godmother showing up and saying, you know, I am going to rescue you. Literally, you know, uh, you're a wizard, Harry. That's that's every, every abused child's fantasy yeah. and many other children as well, not just abused. Yeah. And this is, this is, oh yeah, exactly. It's, it's everyone's fantasy practically, which is why this, this, uh, movie was so popular, but certainly I wish I was special. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I was special. But but as uh, we discover over the course of the the series, and what's an amazing thing that that uh, Rowling did with the series is the move. It starts as a a childhood, just an escapism film. I'm special. I'm going to the the this other world. I'm escaping the. Uh, you know the real world and all its problems and over the course of the series we discovered no actually you're not escaping anything yeah this world <laughs> is just as bad if not worse because everyone's got magic you're down the rabbit hole yeah you don't know what problems are yet harry yeah exactly so um i but but this this particular film uh 
overall is very innocent and it's very black hat, yeah. white hat. And then shades of gray start to appear in, in only in the next film. How really. do people know what like, Harry Potter the, looks yeah, like at eleven? His star is covered up in this scene. There's yeah. no way anyone in this bar knows who that is. Yeah, they should have they should have pushed it aside to right. to see the scar. And and interestingly, um, the scar is despite being in the center of the forehead on the books, it is where Rowling says it ought to be on on visually um, yeah. visually Harry here his magical N shaped scar. <laughs> yes, it's not a lightning bolt. If there was one, if there was one, like, um, if there was one part of the set I felt physically suffered the most in in the first film, uh, I, I believe it was Diagon Alley. I really feel like in the book it, it had a much grander sense to it. Um, I felt like Diagon Alley here, it's a couple of shops. Like, I really didn't get like the sense of a bigger. Oh, really? Yeah, right. I, I yeah, mean, I get no, that. I feel. I, I do feel like the closed setness of it, but I thought that they brought it to life beautifully with the art department. Well, oh yeah, the yeah. design is wonderful. Yeah, it's just, it, I guess the sense of scope and the, the, the sense of, I mean, you almost get a sense of that it's almost like Universal City Walk for Wizards yeah, uh, yeah. when you're reading the book. And that's just something that didn't, it didn't quite get there. Now, I do want to say this. If you got the original first run DVD of this, um, this, this disc was notoriously pissed people off because it had tons of extras. It had tons of features. To access them, you had to oh, do a series right. of mini games mm-hmm. with your laggy ass DVD remote usually yeah. that or, and, or a PS too if you're lucky and uh because at least then you can control the thing but part of it i remember there was like there was like three extras i've never seen because they were hidden behind this diagon alley brick moving game yeah that i I just to this day i've never seen them because of that there is there is a very here's here's the extent to which they went on on this they wanted to get this film so right that they talked to jk rowling and they they peruse the books are like which bricks which precise (laughs) bricks does he have to tap to get into diagon alley we want to make sure we're getting the exact and they did um you know the 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 nerds can go through it and be, yeah, those are the, those now, are the bricks. This, this came out the same year uh, as Fellowship of the Ring, Correct. but already... Both of them both of them very daring things to take on at absolutely. the time because now we're inundated with nothing but sci-fi and fantasy, but exactly. at the time, fantasy was dead. And, yeah. and, and the year prior to this was the first X-Men movie, which was the big first, you know, where, where it kind of like kind of cracked, uh, uh, you know, it pried open the door just a little it bit enough, I feel, for a lot of the stuff. But even prior to, and I think this came out just before Fellowship, did it not? It came out before uh, Fellowship. Yes, this was yeah. November and November Fellowship was, and was December. December. Even, with that said, they had already been well deep into production on Lord of the Rings yeah. uh, when they were in pre-production on this. So I've always been of the opinion that the, the specter of what Lord of the Rings could be and how just, because I think in 98 we even had, or 99 we had... Uh, that first sort of that teaser that teaser yeah. that showed the fellowship coming over the hill and i think that was kind of like a oh crap if you're going to adapt a literary work with an expansive world yeah. this is you know this is the mic they're doing drop. it like you, serious yeah, yeah you got to do it so i feel like i don't want to say I, I i i'm not dare saying that it directly informed i just think that it created an atmosphere where it's like if you're going to do it come correct right and know? and i think uh, for for uh, fans of the books, which I was at the time, I think a lot of people got into it right around this time. Um, the first four books had been published, right? And the this yeah, movie, Goblin had just come out. Yeah, Goblin had just come out, and I remember I got I managed to get into the books just before the the movies um, had been announced, right. basically. And so I was um, I've been talked into it by my best friend at the time because he and I had made fun of his sister for reading the books. And then somehow she held him down, I guess, and forced him to read it. <laughs> and then a week later, he called, and he didn't read very much at all, um, not not you know uh, on uh, uh, le- for leisure. And uh, he read the whole thing in a week. And he calls me and he's like, "We cannot be friends unless you start reading Harry Potter." <laughs> and I was like, "Shit!" Um, oop, there's Annette. And uh, 
so I read them and fell in love with them and uh learning about what they were doing with these films it was every choice that they made because because you could have gone second string yeah with with everything and and while Chris Columbus you know we can we can uh, talk about that. He was certainly the safe choice. Sure. Um, safe is a good word. Yeah. Very good but, word. Uh, you know, th- they announced, we got John Williams to do the score. We've got Maggie Smith as McGonagall. We've got Richard Harris. We've got... There was nobody that, that they were... Doubting those choices, yeah. Yeah. They, they, every time they came out with something, it's like, yep, 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 yep. They're taking this seriously. They're they're going to the top of this, and they are taking it as seriously as if they were casting an Oscar movie. You do, you know? me- do you remember that original kid that was heavily rumored to be cast as Harry right before Daniel Radcliffe was announced? No. It, it was a big thing. It was No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big thing. Uh, here's the thing. It was a big thing on Ain't It Cool, and back then, Ain't It Cool was kind of like the cutting edge in terms of like you know movie spies. And they said, you know, from the casting offices, we've got the kid, a photo of this kid. And about a day after that... Uh, a photo of this 13-year-old kid uh, popped up with him wearing a skull cap with a pot leaf on it. Ooh. And then five days later, Daniel Radcliffe was announced. Uh, so it was like, because that was like a big thing, that was especially for this. And also, I think he was a bit older, and, and I think it was a better choice. Like, just from the photos I saw of that original kid, who sadly I don't remember his name, but if you're industrious enough and you want to look it up on Ain't It Cool, they catalog everything. So, um, But I remember, yeah, the casting choices, I think, is Chris Columbus's ultimate legacy yes. to these whole films. Well, it's just the fact that he shepherded all of this. And the, and, and the crew that he got together, because most of them stayed on after he left, particularly Stuart Craig, the production designer, right. who created this world and who designed Diagon Alley. There was a really good point in the uh, in the chat. I, it's already passed, so I'm sorry, whoever it was. Oh, uh, oh no, there it is, Darth Praxis. Uh, he points out that it starts very set-y. Yes. Um, and that makes it... It starts like a stor- storybook world that they're trying to create. I don't think it has quite the, the, quite the colorfulness and quite the kind of... Um, uh, there was just an announcement that they're going to be putting out freshly illustrated editions of the Harry Potter books, mm-hmm. and and they put out a couple of the illustrations. They put out Harry, like a watercolor of Harry and a watercolor of Hogwarts. Right. And you look at the Hogwarts, and it's amazing because the one in this movie is so iconic. Mm-hmm. But you look at the one that he's done, and it's like, oh yes, that is <laughs> right. that is absolutely appropriate for Hogwarts too. It's it's interesting because both of them are right. Both right. of them feel right. This one feels more more grounded, and that one feels more. Uh, you know, uh, kooky and magical, but also more storybooky. Like this one should have more beams of light and stuff like that coming on to to make it more painterly. Almost, I feel like to to be the a storybook. Design of Hogwarts change. It like, did mid. Mm-hmm. Well, all the it way wasn't through. Wasn't that in like Goblet? Like it got like it got significantly bigger in e- like Goblet. Right. Every every film it changed and expanded. But yeah, Goblet yeah. is the one where you notice because the dragon chases Harry all yeah, around. Yeah, it, it starts like, off being a miniature, right? And then later they go to a 3D model. It's a miniature almost all the way to the end. Yeah. Uh, it, it they they made a they made a partial 3D model uh, for the dragon chase in Goblet, and then um, for the final battle of Hogwarts in Deathly Hallows Part Two, they actually committed to a fully digital Hogwarts for the first time. Now, um, watching this at the famous Grumman's Chinese Theater on. Sunset Boulevard or Hollywood Boulevard. John Hurt again, someone who was like, That's, he's going to show up for one, <laughs> one scene, scene, and they're getting John Hurt. They are taking this movie so seriously. <laughs> there, there was there were so many there were so many parallels to watching episode one opening Beautiful day, shot and then, here, yeah, yeah great shot, and uh, and watching this in the sense that you know when when the characters appear that you know 
who they are, the the actor that you. It's just a big. The crowd pops. It's a big cheer moment for the crowd. <laughs> Warwick Davis in the bank, even under all that makeup, huge cheer. Because again, we had just been there two years prior for episode one, right. which he was. That was so mostly on. Vern Troyer. Vern Troyer was no, Vern Troyer was Grip Hook. Yeah, Grip Hook. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, the one who actually takes them to the vault, Grip Hook. That was Vern Troyer. Yeah. The one the one at the desk. At the who desk. Says, Does Mister Potter have his key? That's Warwick Davis. Yeah. The makeup is very he comes similar. Back. He huh. comes back as Grip Hook. He comes back as Grip Hook. Yeah. Which, and his Grip Hook looks kind of like that teller as well. It's mm-hmm. like a blend between what yeah. Vern yeah. Troyer did and, and his teller yep. character. So I can see how it would be kind of confusing. Uh, the makeup guy, Nick Dudman, actually, as a, uh, a funny um, anecdote, when he was designing the goblins, and the goblins change between this mm-hmm. this movie and uh, the, the seventh. In this one, they are more storybook-like. In that one, they are more caricature they're they're more taken as just twisted versions of like real bankers basically, uh, right. but he he designed them with black fully black eyes. Number one because it's creepier. Number two because then they didn't have to make fake eyes for like the background ones that were just masks. They could leave empty eye holes and it would look right. <laughs> so right. they save they they made a a choice there to um, save some money and time, which works great. The other uh, the other big pop pop moment was John Hurt coming out for the scene. Um, yeah. Who. You know, for whatever reason, John Hurt just has like an inordinate following and popularity that kind of he's not he's not really attached to any major genre <laughs> stuff over the years. But he's always alien. a favorite. Yeah, alien. But uh, short of that, I mean, but, but one, but half of an alien. It's not like he's not like Sigourney Weaver bouncing around the franchise. He yeah. he famously you know gives birth to an alien. Um, not by choice, but um, but here was just so a, he's a kind great of like Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially by movie four. Uh, if you go to friendsyourhead.com, you can find all of our commentaries for the Aliens franchise. Um, <laughs> they're already at the website. Rely, yeah, well, they're kind of busy. Uh, <laughs> rely on me for the cheap shills, ladies and gentlemen. This this film actually moves very fast compared to very the, fast. The book pace. is the book is very short. The book you could read in a sitting if you if you set your mind to it. And I mean, a long sitting, like three four hours, but you can read it in an afternoon. Um, and what I was struck by, I think the first time I revisited it, um, was discovering how long it actually takes Harry to get to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Got it. It takes a very long time. It's about half the book before he finally gets to Hogwarts. Whereas they compress it, as you do in a movie, they compress that to the first act. Act one. First yeah. act beat, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. Well, because thematically in this movie getting to Hogwarts basically resolves the conflict. Right. Harry has found yes. his home. He has found his place where he belongs. Always right. had a problem right. with the sequence here. Um, I don't like the in-post slow... That's not undergrade. Yeah. That's in-post slowdown, which is why but you get the frame blending. Uh, s- step printing. St- yeah, yeah, step printing. But the other problem is, is that I felt like not seeing Voldemort would be... Or if you are going to see him, just not in this context. Right. Um, I just, for whatever reason, the that flashback there... It, he feels too human. Yeah, that's the thing. He doesn't feel bigger. He, he just feels, feels like... like a- a dude walking. It's like oh, it's a goth kid like with a hoodie. Like yeah. that's that's all it is. Just come to knock on your door and like. That was actually you know. in one of the the earliest drafts. Um, it's it began with, uh, Voldemort showing up at uh Godric's Hollow. Got it. That like the the murder was the opening of the film, and they were like, that's a bit, it's a little too. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, and and by the way, his name is supposed to be Voldemort. It's based on French, which right. means uh. Variously, how you it can mean stealing death, chasing death, or fleeing from death, right? Um, which I think is the the more appropriate. So, uh, but in the in the movie, they call him Voldemort, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, that's just what his name is. And I at first, I honestly think the hard T 
works a little bit I, better. I, I like the sound. I, I do. Yeah, Voldemort. I, I think I think a bad guy needs like a hard consonant. At the yeah, end. and you know what I mean. Like you need no for like smog. Even that. Like yeah. you need somebody. You know, Vader? I feel like Tom Riddle <laughs> probably calls himself Voldemort. Yeah, and uh, everyone else calls him Voldemort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like really no, you guys. Cases. I'm a serious artist. Okay, like it's Voldemort. Well, your name ground. wasn't Om Riddle, My so what are you gonna do? Yeah. Om Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> really that T had that to go friggin' Star somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. even I, like I saw someone on on Reddit who's like, my it's totally off topic, but it was like, my name is Noah. Everybody misspells it. I thought this was the one place that would get it right, and it said Noha, right? <laughs> At Noah's Bagels. <laughs> 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 but anyway, that was like. By the way, they actually shot this at King's Cross Station. I've been to King's Cross and and you know did my little they Potter a lot pilgrimage. Of locations in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is King's Cross Station. Mm-hmm. The exterior is not, but the interior is. These are not platforms nine and ten. No. These are platforms four and five because nine and ten are actually in two separate places. Uh, which you would think that she would get that right, but um, <laughs> but strangely enough, she didn't. Uh, they have put up a nine and three quarters, which is because because they're not on the same platform like this. There's not it's not the um, the column, but there's a, the an actual wall between the two platforms, and there's a a baggage trolley yeah. stuck half in the wall that you can, you can go up and with. take pictures with. Yeah. Well, it's just like that thing where there's no two twenty Baker Street. Right. The, the street doesn't go that far. 221B doesn't exist. Or, oh, or is it 221? Actually, this may have been something that they did it this way for the movie to make it look better because she does describe as running at the barrier. So maybe she meant that wall between platforms 9 and 10 mm-hmm. um, and they well, just yeah, decided it looked better yeah. here. I imagine here we have the Weasley. I imagine this. This way you so. can see the numbers because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't be able to. I'm right. about to make myself unpopular. I do not like the casting of Fred and George. I didn't You're care You're a terrible person. I didn't yep. care for them that much. I loved them in the books and yes. I don't think they do... A, I don't think they do a super awesome job here. I always gave it away as like, well, how many redheaded twi- right. uh, identical right. twins are you going to find? They're not even redheads. They're not even redheads, no. So, come on now. They're too lanky. Like, I always saw them as kind of these, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just because they're, they're beaters on the uh, on the Quidditch uh-huh. team, but I always saw them as sort of stocky. Uh, I, I saw them as being a little lankier. I this think is they're all described one, that way in the books, like and, and Ron and is the tall one. Yeah, this is, this is in one, uh, uh, it, it, this is actually in one shot with a little bit of, augmentation but um he that they, they, he actually walks through a fake barrier like they show it and then he goes through the fake barrier and then they put up a, a wall behind him and then you reveal the the hogwarts express but, which is beautiful yeah can we oh just say that gosh, is a yeah. gorgeous train it's perfect and and it looks i don't know if they updated it i don't think they did but it looks exactly like it looks on the cover of the mm-hmm. uk yeah. children's editions yeah i think there might have been a little more gold on it mm-hmm. but it just it's it, i want that train it always bothered me a little bit that the hogwarts express theme has a little bit of star wars in there by the way <laughs> yes it, it he does. walks onto the platform and you get the the triumph and then for a second you get dun 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 and it's like <laughs> hey get out of here what are you doing here yeah. <laughs> wrong jesus figure yeah <laughs> but and so th- this always or, or in in later years looking back it's always struck me as interesting that he just had nowhere else to sit, and so they sat together, and that was going to change the course of both of their lives forever. Even Which though it, he got on with his well, brothers, yeah. his whole that's family. That's how school just works. Which like, is exactly how school yeah, works. Yeah, no, you go exactly. to, I went to preschool. My best friend from the age of two to 13 was just like, hey, you like Play-Doh? 
Yeah. I was like, sure do. Um, a lot of a lot of people's best friends, their names are very similar because that's where they had to sit at yeah. school, and that's just who they talk to. Or and it's similar like, heights. Yeah. Or hey, like stuff like that. Neither of our opinions are fully formed. Like let's just, just <laughs> let's just do it together. I like yeah. to think a lot of the other kids might have recognized Harry earlier than Ron did, and yeah. were just avoiding him. And Ron's just so clueless that he was just like a kid and sat yeah. next to him. And that's why. Well, I guess this car is empty. Hello, yeah. new friend. Yeah. In the in the book, they all know he's Harry Potter right. when he first gets on. Well, Ron doesn't, does he? Ron oh, does. No, Ron yeah, does. The, the Weasleys are pointing at yeah, him. Yeah, the Weasleys are pointing By the way, I always thought it was interesting that she chose the name Weasley because Weasel is kind of – it's got a connotation that's more on the negative side. It's more distrustworthy and stuff like that. Dude, and even in character names, Joe can't avoid adverbs. <laughs> right, exactly. But he's not. But he's not weaselly. Yeah, no. If you're sense. if you're doing like the Dickensian names mean character thing, yeah. it doesn't really apply here. Like, uh, I don't know. I guess Malfoy is pretty, like Mal. Yeah, it gives the, everybody else. It gives Malfoy somebody something to make fun of him well, for. Yeah. I have a question. I'm sorry, real quick about the chocolate frogs. Let's just be clear on this. If you have to be careful when you swallow them because people choke because they try to get out. What happens if you like tear off a chocolate frog leg? Oh mm. yeah. Does it react realistically oh, and yeah. horrified before you bite its it's head just, off? Uh, it's just this twitching. I would like the- to point out <laughs> that in the books they're just chocolate frogs. They don't, <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't rib it. They don't jump around, and that is way less terrifying. Yeah. It does change the scope of the of the terror a little. Ladies bit, Ladies and gentlemen, it? Peter Pettigrew for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I I couldn't find a reference to whether or not she mentions that Scabbers is missing a toe this early. I don't believe she does. Um, I don't believe she does, and so. Um, we can't we can't have her set up the entire series in the first book, although a lot of it does. We we were talking yeah we before. were t- we we meant the, she mentioned Serious in the uh, first when in Hagrid like the first up. couple paragraphs yeah, but um and she she spent we can go back and forth on what we think she she knew was going on and what she figured out later um it's it'll be a fun discussion but uh, certainly yeah I don't. I don't know if she – I feel like she had to know something was up with Scabbers, though, just to introduce him because why else would you introduce a rat? Because they because can't she afford goes, one of the three that you're supposed to have. And Right, but I don't know. Like, give him a toad or something. And just the fact that it's like it's a rat. It was not one of the three that was listed, yeah. and everyone just kind of turns a blind eye to that. <laughs> um, it, uh, it's, it seems oddly specific for her not to have at least – think something was up with that right. by the way right. a, a a girl born of two muggles just mm-hmm. pointed her wand which <laughs> she must have just bought hours earlier and and cast a spell right yeah, in but his you face know, you know right but it's face. a huge part Blam. of her character that she's she's very much immersed in the world she does her research you know what i mean like yeah, she you know, knows that she, she knows read all the books than, already than anybody that's what i love about it I, and, and i've always maintained that if someone held a gun to your your face and said you have three seconds you have to recast the entire potter movie you get to keep one one two hermione like yeah. i think i think you would have i think uh, emma watson in my opinion they're all great but i think if there's one that's p- truly indispensable i think it's emma watson as hermione she she starts great and then in the middle, I think she's trying to do something new, and it doesn't work. And I get what you're she saying. And she comes back. I get what you're saying. No, I say Ron. Because her, her, her eyebrows start to get real out of control in, in about I've Goblet. I've heard that. I, I think, don't, well, I don't, they that cut out so much of what she does in the middle. Right. That I think she was just like, read the book, read the script, like, oh, I guess I have to act harder. And she's like, what? Right. Like, Hey, yeah. hey, still here. <laughs> yeah. So, and and we'll get to it when we when we get to Goblet. But I feel like a lot of her scenes were also cut, like had to have been shot and cut the way she's performing. What's left? So yeah. This, this came out in two thousand, right? Fantastic, uh, perfectly iconic shot. Yes. Um, absolutely. 
even though Stuart Craig says he's he was never super happy with the original look of Hogwarts here. But that's perfect storybook image right there. Um, Wasn't that like the first trailer shot that we yes. got? Yeah. Yeah. And that was and it was the poster as well. It was one of the posters. Yeah. Um, the the not. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on his name. The, the poster guy. Drew Struzan. Thank you. I knew there was a Struzan somewhere in there. Of yeah, I know. I was like, help <laughs> me, Teague. Um, I'm your only Struzan hope. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there was the Drew Struzan nice nice painting, and then there was the image of the boats approaching Hogwarts on which, the lake. And everyone's kind of, uh, all the fans kind of went, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm this excited. Can I say I don't really like the Struzan poster? Oh, wait, here's what's something funny, though. Speaking Uh-oh. of Drew Struzan, <laughs> is um, he? I have one of his. I have his book, uh, the Drew Struzan sort of coffee table book, and it's outstanding. And he has all of his like the comps that he's working on that poster. It's not done yet, and then the finals, big beautiful prints of the finals, and a little story about each project. And he's, he's got Back to the Future and the thing, and you know, Star Wars and stuff like that. And for Harry Potter, they had called him up. Warner Brothers was like, "All right, bro, we're gonna do seven of these movies. Let's get started." And they spent a lot of time, like more time than they usually spend, setting up the first poster. They want it to be perfect. The nice one shoot where it's Harry in the center. And he got run, you know, the, the nice Struzan poster. And then the uh, marketing director of Warner Brothers changed out and they never used his posters again. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of the series, the posters and the one sheets that you saw in the theaters were like photoshopped floating head variations yeah. on a theme, people standing in clouds and you can't see them very clearly posters. And Struzan uh, was sort of left out to dry on that one. He I was bummed out, but he did do a, a one sheet for Chamber of Secrets, which you can only find in that book. I'm sure someone scanned it and you can there. find it on Google. No, Chamber, I feel like Chamber's out there. I think they used it, maybe they used it worldwide, but they didn't use it domestically. For us U.S. people. Right. But, um, I would have yeah, loved Struzan, was, Struzan got kind of burned on the broader project, and he was kind of bummed about that. I would have loved to see what he would have done with especially some of the later ones with uh, Half-Blood Prince and Hallows. All right, so we're at the sorting scene. I think now would about be About to be. Time. We're, we've just introduced to Malfoy here. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. But... Re- uh, what about no, that was me. Uh, was really oh. quickly, there's a great documentary uh, on Drew Struzan that actually screened, oh. at, stru- uh, screened at Comic-Con earlier this year. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance, go check that out. I think it's already available. I don't think it's on Netflix Instant, but I do believe it's um, it's either in theaters or or had just come out. But you should be able to find it close to you in some sort of streaming capacity. Probably iTunes, I think. I, Ron just looked, and it's appropriate that he, he winds up not looking a lot like he's described in the books when he, when he gets older. But... He's definitely got the kind of puppy dog look right he here. He's so yep. adorable. And then, and then, which you know, his Patronus later on is a dog, which was always like Rowling's thing. She knew whose Patronus was what and all of that from the outset. So even before they cast him, she's like, "Ron is a dog." Uh, but um, I would love to see because apparently Tom Felton uh, also tested for Harry Potter. I would love oh. to see that. This. Would be a really I would interesting love to see screen test. He's no, got the dogs are right there, if you ask me. Remember, yeah. remember how odd-looking Tom kind of got when he got older? Right. Which worked for Malfoy, but would not have worked for Harry. He didn't. Well, he they decided that he didn't work. Obviously, uh-huh. they were like, "I want you for something, not Harry, but we're gonna keep bringing you in." Well, and mean, then they finally bleached the hell out of his hair for ten years. The thing that these kids didn't realize that all of the adults were like, "Ha ha ha!" Is we're gonna film you through everything awkward you'll ever right. look like? Oh boy! Yeah. Although honestly, most of them. Uh, most of them went went didn't go through a super awkward phase. Yeah, Hermione, uh, Emma Watson didn't have an awkward phase. Yeah. Like, That's good on She went from yeah. looking like a very young person with no expressions. Although the one, no the one that <laughs> would have been a super long shot, like if someone were taking book on on who would come out of puberty alive, <laughs> like the the one that you would not expect is <laughs> yeah. Matthew Lewis's Neville. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Oh my god. god. And oh my god. Yeah. He's beautiful. He he. He triumphed, man. He's he's the real hero. You he's wearing Harry fake Potter. teeth here, though. Yeah. I think at this point, right? <laughs> he is wearing fake teeth, and in in some of the later movies, he's even um, 
Uh, he even winds up wearing a fat suit. Although I think it's just the next one he's wearing a little pudge suit because by the third one they let Neville be skinny. He yeah, did. But they kept he him, did go through an awkward phase, but he came out of it okay. But they kept him more awkward <laughs> okay. than than they thought until like the very end. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, right That's to the very end, he's wearing. They're dressing him in cardigans, yeah, ugly cardigans and stuff. We gotta dumb this guy down. Hey, you guys that read the books recently, yes, is the sorting hat described in a way that this resembles or does not? Because oh, I always remember yes. being sort of surprised by how this hat looks. Yes, this it's exactly. It's like really this filthy. Yeah, the sorting hat is pretty. But doesn't much it also speak in your head? It doesn't. It doesn't like yes, fold into a mouth. Is, the, the, the mouth the thing is the new thing. Yeah, that was the to me. They go in the book to describe quite a bit of how like it's it's just in your ear, like you it, know, being your bonnet. It was speaks the, in your ear, but it does. it doesn't create a mouth shape it like that. It does create a mouth at it, the brim yeah. for the song. The yeah. brim rips open and it talks, but it only... The, the business of its kind of pondering only occurs inside your head until it until the, it calls out the name of the house. The face and the effect on the hat looks almost identical to the boogeyman from... Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Wow. Crazy. Wow. To, me, that's, oh. to me, that's some of my favorite effects work is the hat, actually. Susan, I Bones, love yeah, is, uh, Susan Bones there is uh, Chris Columbus's daughter, by the way. Oh, who who stuck with the series longer than he did ultimately? Burn because face Chris Columbus. <laughs> hey Mike. Yes. Let's talk about Chris Columbus's version of a, of a Harry Potter movie. We have okay. to talk about directors over the course we're, of the day. We're, we're we'll doing have that many right chances now, to do so. What is the what is the tonal difference that you detect between what he did and what future people would do in terms of good call on that for the early movies, sir? Well, like the stuff that he did really well, and it's good that we got Columbus for that kind of thing. Well, there is the innocence to it, um, and there's the fact that, as everybody points out, and one of the big reasons they went with him is he's good with child actors. I mean, they, they looked at Home Alone, and they looked at uh, presumably Goonies, even though he didn't direct that one. Did he? No, he just wrote that one. Um, but, right. you know, looking at Home Alone, they uh, they surely went, okay, he's, uh, you know, he, he can deal with child actors and stuff like that. And... You did need that because, as even the the actors themselves have said, if this were a terrible experience, they would have quit <laughs> and just been, no, we're not doing, it. we don't want to do it anymore. So, as we've, um, I think we talked about the last time we we did this one, um, J.K. Rowling wanted Terry Gilliam, who visu- right. who visually would have been fantastic. Yeah. He would have made the greatest Harry Potter movie e- ever, but all of the kids would have been crying <laughs> every day. He would have been a nightmare, a lunatic to work with, and the the rest of the series would never have happened. So getting someone with an even temperament um, was probably crucial, and also somebody... I think there's probably something to be said for how plain they are stylistically, just so if somebody had to replace him later... Um, which I think ultimately would have had to happen. I don't think he could have handled uh, what what came later. Uh, there was there was sort of a blank slate. He's just building the world, and then they can make movies. Karate Slim in the uh, in the chat room points out how does Hermione not get put in Ravenclaw? Yeah, because she isn't. She doesn't. Where I mean, especially in the books, <laughs> later on, all she does is say, "Oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. We're going to get in trouble. We can't. Don't don't Wait, do that. It's that too dangerous." People have an oversimplified view of what the houses are. Uh, people think Hufflepuffs are the stupid ones. That's Raven because Claws that's are the, the way smart the... ones. The Gryffindors are the brave ones, and the Slytherins are the evil ones. But that's not true that's at all. Presented. Well, no, because they talk exactly. about a lot of other qualities the, that the houses the, have. But the problem is that the Sorting Hat, basically, in the song, yeah. in the song, basically introduce them that way and especially Hufflepuff gets the short end of the stick 
Yes. Um, Mike is biased. Know, the song is, well, because I'm, I'm Hufflepuff, and I was very upset about that at first until I found out that... Because <laughs> the, the, the Sorting Hat song is like... Uh, what well, he, He's always like, Gryffindor is for the brave, Ravenclaw for the clever, Slytherin for the ambitious, Hufflepuff, they whatever. Show up. You know, that's <laughs> his song. Hufflepuff too. Hufflepuff we need a safety house, yeah. so everybody else... Exactly. It's a safety house. It's like the short bus house. And it turns oh. out... But it turns out that J.K. Rowling didn't realize that's what she was doing. Her whole thing was like, no, the other ones have these these qualities almost to the detriment of everything else. And my point with Hufflepuff is that they're well-rounded, normal people. <laughs> and she, always, she never got that across. I it's her favorite house. I was apparently. under the impression that they were like the kind ones. Like when they introduced the... Loyalty is the Yeah, the loyal, kind of kind yeah. more. Well, let's not the, See, this is the Bloody Baron. No, come yeah, on. No. He should be terrified. Yeah. Because no one talks. The ghosts are scared to talk. Yeah, also more about, the, about like Baron. bringing your A game to casting. John Cleese, yeah. just like, hi, guys. I'm John Ghost. Well, uh, yeah, John Cleese is nearly headless Nick. is like, yes, absolutely, 100%. But then they realize, hey, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yes. Never mind. Which we don't is why to... he should have been cut in favor of, and I'm going to rant now. Oh, no. Peeves the poltergeist, oh my who God. is missing from all of these movies, and that's a tragedy. And accomplishes oh, what plot-wise? Take, uh, take it away, Kyle. He why is should a Peeves be valueless? There? Well, for one, he's, he's... funny, but... Well, yeah, he is He is comic relief that he could take all of Nearly Headless Nick's uh, scenes in these movies. Two, he's a good foil for Fred and George. Three, he's used a lot in Prisoner of Azkaban with the serious stuff. And four, the scene in, uh, what is it, Half-Blood Prince when, uh, no, Order of the Phoenix. We never when, see this again. When uh, Fred and George we, leave we Hogwarts. We, say, we never see the tilt up like this. You're right. You're right. We never go all the way up. Which was a miniature, by the way. Um, not a, not uh, CG. They they it became CG in the distance later, but um, this early stuff, a lot of the extensions. Um, earlier we were talking about uh, Diagon Alley. They only built the first level of everything, and everything else was tracked in uh, miniature building. Now, I love the the idea of the paintings. The oh, the paintings move, but the more we get into it later in the books, yeah. um, it starts to get really weird. Where like you can have a whole conversation with a former headmaster, right. yeah, why and get you... advice from him and get information. He can switch to different. Uh, uh, different frames like, it's weird why are you sad when people die exactly if, if someone drew you one time you live forever right yeah. where's the painting of Sirius Black I mean Harry yes. at one point goes to nearly headless Nick and says could Sirius Black come back as a ghost and he kind of goes eh, probably, no probably not probably Don't not get your hopes up probably not gonna want to and like, I, okay, fair enough. And poor old JK has to spend all of uh, Deathly Hallows riding around like, oh, and then Dumbledore was asleep in the painting. And yeah, then right, yeah, he was yeah. gone doing something well, else. D- well, she she was just very careful about uh, the Dumbledore. That, that's why they couldn't get into Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. If they had had access to Hogwarts, then everything would have been solved because right. they could have talked to his painting. So they yeah. could not go to Hogwarts. I love Percy, by the way. I, I think the casting is very good. I love, yeah. I love the character. I'm he, sad he, he, that they cut right, him right. from later, yeah. Because his, he his story been with the Weasleys is really cool. His leaving and redemption. It, it's one of the few characters who kind of goes bad and then gets redeemed. I, I always wanted that for Malfoy. He does, yeah. and Dudley too. Wait, Ma- Malfoy doesn't get redeemed. Malfoy yeah, he does. has very not really not not to the extent that Dudley and 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 Percy do. Uh, he <laughs> doesn't kill Dumbledore. That's Malfoy true. basically that's not, at the end of the movies he gets cowardice. drug away by his overprotective mother. It's like, nope, we're not evil anymore. Please yeah. don't kill us. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> We are going to GTFO right now. I mean, yeah, but he had he disarmed. This looks Dumbledore like a storybook. This is yeah. wonderful. I do give props to. Uh, there is a lot of we we talk about how fast paced the movie is, but I I get the sense 
I, I do appreciate the fact that we slow down for that sort of sense of longing and that sense of mm-hmm. we, we do get those really good grace notes from Harry and and props to Daniel Radcliffe because he does kind of just nail it off the bat. I think part of the reason why this movie feels paced so damn fast is because everything's a process of discovery. It's your yeah. first day at a new school, so therefore everything is new. And, beca- and, it, and I've always maintained if the audience is in a state of discovery, it moves faster. If the audience is in a state of trying to understand, like we get some of the later movies, we just sort of sit and marinate with the characters, then it slows down a bit. But because everything is new, this movie just rockets past. Well, and, and it's also a matter of there's so much to get through. I mean, it's a short book, but still to put everything into a movie, which they put very nearly everything into this movie from the book. It's quite, it's, it's almost very close. Yeah. yeah. They have to get the, the only thing um, that I remember being disappointed because I was an idiot fan and didn't really <laughs> appreciate how movies work. And now I look back, I was like, great choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, was the whole, the whole business with Norbert. Right, because they because yeah. Norbert hatches, and then there's an entire sequence where they have to get him on top of the astronomy tower, and they've got to got him Ron in a crate, gets and yeah, and and, the, and so, it, but in the movie, it's like, where's Norbert? Oh, Charlie Kim picked him up. Yep. <laughs> and, really... and I remember me and my friend were sitting there like, that is weak, but it's actually <laughs> the right choice. I've been listening to an audio book that uh, I got yesterday called Harry: A History. And I was li- I listened to that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they talk about how the length of the book was pretty much the thing that almost kept it from being published in the first place because yeah. it was considered to be about three times as long <laughs> as any book aimed at kids that age should ever be. Um, and and she fought really hard to keep some of the stuff in there, especially the scene in the uh, bathroom with the troll. Right. Well, that you need the that. big one. No, you, I, you absolutely need that scene. Snape, again, Alan Rickman as Snape. Everyone was like, yes, yep, nailed that's it. That's the one. But, <laughs> that's, but, but, but I, I will say, and then before, before but, I, I think in the later <laughs> movies, I think by the time you get to book six and seven, or yeah, I think I don't know for whatever reason I think he works best in the first three to four movies. I think for me I don't know I just it, and we'll get there when we just sometime in three or four in the morning. But um, for me, Alan Rickman is best in these early things where you don't think there's that extra layer to him. I think I don't know. Just I agree that's where Eddie's personal. going with this, uh, and uh, I'm going to espouse a very unpopular opinion right now. Go for I'm, it. Hold on, I want to I want to just say because I know people are going to be saying it in the chats or yelling it at the screen or whatever. Um, there's a there was a thing that goes around. There's a bit of of trivia that J.K. Rowling took him aside oh, and yeah. told him yes. about his future. He has said in interviews it is not as extensive as you think. Right. She basically just told him that he was formerly in love with Lily Potter. He didn't know he was a double agent. That's he didn't know any right. of that stuff. I mean, he knew he knew there was a big thing, but he. He was just as in the dark about Snape's right. true uh, uh, loyalties up until. From what I understand, I don't want to burn my asparagus, but from what I understand, uh, Hagrid, good, by the way. Hagrid got more of a more of a download. <laughs> I thought that was like an idiom. Snape. I don't want to burn my asparagus. <laughs> yeah, it's an old <laughs> Southern affectation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, we can literally smell asparagus. I don't yeah. want to burn my Sorry, asparagus. Sorry, he's, he's running. To, we'll he, we'll let him pick up. You had a butt on yeah. the, Snape, and then Teak has a thing. He especially, but also Harry's parents. They're cast too old. <laughs> Yes. I, I love yes. Alan Rickman. Yes, they are. I, 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 I Snape don't should be like thirty-one. Go, but man, yeah, yeah they're Gary Oldman old. too. All of the well, all of the yeah. all of the adults yeah. are basically too old. Sna- uh, Harry's parents. You're absolutely right. Harry's parents died at the age of about twenty-one. Yeah, and it, it's especially interesting in the next film. Uh, he just introduced the the concept of the Bezor, which is important mm-hmm. for Half Blood Prince. I do not think that was planned. I think that was just fortunate. Right. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, in, in the next film with Gilderoy Lockhart, that is an interesting thing because in the books, as the books are written, he's about 27 years old. Mm-hmm. So that his particular personality 
works better. It makes a different kind of sense. It still makes sense with him as Kenneth Branagh in his forties, mm-hmm. but it is a different. Yeah. It is a different character. Yes. Um, even putting the same actions on that, depending on on what his age is. Okay. Now, the inability of the human mind to correlate its contents, etc. Here's my deal. Uh, I think <sighs> on paper, Alan Rickman is pitch perfect casting for Snape. If you're going to make the parents all twenty years too old, that's Agreed. fine. But I don't think I don't think Alan Rickman did it. I don't okay. think he brought it. I don't think it's the performance that Snape was supposed to have been, just based on the cues that the book gives you. I feel like he might have been directed or otherwise just performed this a, a little bit too kerfuffled. Here's Snape in the books always strikes me as like you this like there's like barely thinly veiled menace with yes. Snape. Like he might actually kill you right now. And Snape in the movies is always like I, I'm not going to stand around here and stare. I'm, I'm going to say something passive-aggressive and give you a weird face for You're a second. You're doing Sean Connery right And now. then think to yourself <laughs> and then walk away. Like, he, he just, like... Which Sean would Connery be an amazing Snape. Snape. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Children, well, we should, all of you are going to shut should, down right now. Yeah. When, we get, when, we get to, uh, when we get to Prisoner of Azkaban, I did want to have a recast Dumbledore contest, and we'll get to that. Oh, okay, we'll get to that. Recast but, Snape is... But I feel, like, I feel like <laughs> Alan Rickman is pitch-perfect casting... But I honestly think it's a direction thing because what you end up with is this Snape who's like, he's just kind of, ah, damn. I'm going to, I wanted to use, I want to use an SH curse word, but he's just kind of blanky. He's just kind of like a passive aggressive, <laughs> whiny kind of bitchy. He's not actually like. That kind of is the it. character though. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Here's he's, the thing he, I think He doesn't misses. quite have the, uh, the. Security. Snarl. The silkiness can to we, him. Can we mm. note, uh, Snape, Severus Snape was a Death Eater. Yeah. Not, not. Pretending right? to be a Death Eater for Dumbledore, he joined the Death Eaters. Yeah. He attacked Muggles and he changed sides. Yeah, and I don't believe that the Snape that's on screen here was it capable was that of being a Nazi. Yeah, right. Oh, that's a good. That's a very good point. I mean, he has the dark mark on himself because that's what his ideals were. Right. And I don't. I don't buy that from Snape. Which I I, I don't know if that's Rickman or what, but uh, yeah, I, I actually agree with uh, Fig on. Fardog think, just said Cumberbatch could have been a great Snape. That's yeah, exactly yeah yeah, uh, yeah I, I was thinking that too. If you're gonna actually cast the parents the right age, then it's like, well, who do you? Except cast? that Cumberbatch was like 14 years old when yeah, this movie Cumberbatch, came out. I think right. You were doing it now. <laughs> oh my god, 14 year old Cumberbatch is Harry Potter. <laughs> How about 14 year old Cumberbatch is Tom Riddle? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I I, yeah? I, I literally oh, I'm not even gonna say what that did to me. Yeah. I could I could see I could see I can see the result. It's amazing. Everybody, everybody, scoot over on the couch. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever gotten a mega hole, mega hole. Yeah, but um, uh, so there's th- this is um, it's funny that we talked earlier, and I agree that this this movie feels very set e because this is one of the few movies that they actually shot in a large part on location. This is a location. Um, I can't remember which uh, castle this is. But they were actually outside, and that's I one it's of Castle Arr. <laughs> I, I was gonna say and it looks like the Monty Python castle. Yeah, and and this is it's one of the reasons that Hogwarts looks the way it does continuing forward, because they shot in real locations. They couldn't go too far with the whimsy because they mm-hmm. had to. The sets they built had to match the places they didn't build because they couldn't afford to at the time. Later, they could afford to build everything they wanted to because it was like, yeah, Potter, have it, have all yeah. the money. Um, but uh, so so they were stuck to they couldn't build something that appears to it that has the same sensibilities as, say, Diagon Alley, which Ow. has abs- has uh, as, as they talk about no right angles in it. Everything is kind yeah. of skewed and stuff like based that. on this. Very... Neville should become a rodeo cowboy. Based yeah. on Hello? this, Neville should become a eunuch because these are not the ones with saddles that we see later. These <laughs> yeah. are the sticks. And that poor kid is bouncing on there. Yeah. 
Um, That's not a. This is not a bad uh, digital double. I don't understand why she gets mad at him. She teaches. I know. Yeah. She knows that, like... And by the way, does she not know Wingardium Leviosa when a student is falling from the roof? Or Alanwick Castle in North, Northumberland is... Thank you. Or however you pronounce that. It's it's spelled Northumberland, but I'm Arr, sure it's like Norland or something, so... No, it's Northumberland. Okay, thank you. Am I the only one who thinks that there was a, a slight problem, not that Joe didn't have the best intentions with doing this whole Quidditch thing in the books, <laughs> because if they ever, say, made movies out of them, you have to visualize people sitting on a broomstick in a way that you actually can't do. You can side saddle it, or you could like sort of snake yourself over it and like like cross your ankles over the back and lie down flat on it. But you can't do the sort of the sitting posture that they try to sell in every movie and never. Did quite you get try off. to sit on a broom? I think the I've tried before, man. Thing. I mean, it's, go sit on like a like a banister outside or something. Well, like they that. did it. They, they do did it with the. They're does doing the firebolt it. have the foot the foot like yes, thing. Yes, the firebolt that makes sense. It does. That yeah. I get. I don't like that. But just like a broomstick, there's no way to I sit on. Malfoy no. stands on the back of his. Well, they did it. I swoops off because their visual for. Ow, I just punched myself in the face with my microphone. Their their visual for uh, a basis, I think you can tell, is the Wicked Witch from Wizard sure. of Oz. This Most is how certainly. she rides a broom. Um, and so later on, somebody actually thought it through and went, maybe they should have like stirrups or something. Get the Probably they didn't even think of it in a production design standpoint. They were just like, we are crushing these kids nuts. Yeah. They need something to be able to get the... the historically, the, uh, the, the, the actual broom part is supposed to be in the front. Yeah, well, that's what... Yeah. Well, the, I don't know. I, yeah, well, I again, I think minds. Wizard of Oz probably went, broom, right? Yeah, so it goes yeah. like that. I That's was, the pointy end goes towards. Well, aerodynamically. Yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't want to get drag on your broom. <laughs> no. That's... It, it'd spray out to the sides. It'd be yeah. strange. Harry's but a natural. It's really, yeah. really hard to steer with, with I, that way. I have to say, though, uh, it, there is something to be said for the people who have a problem with, with Harry. Um, there is an element where he's like, okay, he sh- he's getting away with this. Because he's Harry Potter, mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, uh, Madam Hooch, who unfortunately never comes back. Well, I say unfortunately. Yeah, more Hooch. Hooch is great. <laughs> I say unfortunately, but she never really came back in the books either. She, no, she, she doesn't. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's like, okay, you're expelled if you get up on your broom. And he gets up on his broom. It's like, hey, you get you get your own broom. <laughs> you get to be on the school team. Yeah. You get to. So I, I could understand if some people were a little uh, bitter and, about him. It's very English, though. It's the it, idea yeah. of because he is who he is, one, he gets special treatment. And it's two, true. because it's sports and it's competition. The idea of school, that's why, The yeah. idea of royalty, in a sense, yeah. The fact that he's yeah. Harry Potter doesn't make any difference. Spork and I are looking at each other like, there he is. Yeah. What's, what's amazing is that he can he can be such a good seeker. Wait, who? who? The, the, the All of our wood. All of our wood. Oh, yeah. Sean Biggerstaff yeah. is his name, yeah. Dreaming. You are not wrong. Come on. His Makes me is, wish I was a beater. You guys. <laughs> his name... Oh his name is Biggerstaff. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> His name is Biggerstaff, and he plays a man named Wood. Hey, Mike, do you have a Biggerstaff or a longer bottle? <laughs> you kept him for the later movies, too. Oh, man. Okay, I look, bet there is guys. an entire section of Slash devoted oh, to the fact that that, can, that, that is a thing in their names. Let's try not to talk too much about the Slash. It makes everybody <laughs> sad. Yeah. Uh, it was awkward in that audiobook. Uh, Harry a history because okay. they they got some quotes from Rowling about Slash right and it was all very uncomfortable. Well, there's an there was a there's an entire chapter in that book about the Slash Wars. Mm-hmm. It not it not not uh, well the, the shipping wars. the shipping not yeah sorry the I I have to 
I'm I'm not enough in that community to remember that there's yeah. as much of a I like how it sounds like a that. real thing when you call it the shipping wars yeah. and the slash to wars. Some like people, it's something it that matters. <laughs> exactly. There was what's what's easy to You what, fought in the shipper wars? <laughs> what's really My father fought in the shipping wars? What's really easy to forget is um now with, with all of these behind us is if you if you were reading them along the time, you had no idea what was coming next. And so every time there was the slightest hint, you would you would you and you would go th- through the books and and go okay. There's there are entire books about that kind of went thing by uh you know line by line practically. Like she said this three times in this book. This has to mean something, mm-hmm. you know. And and going through that and ha- and about I would say about a little better than chance they were right. Like if she mentions something over and over and over again, it is important. Like the fact that he has his mother's eyes. They right. never let that go, and well, except in the movies, they beat right. that to death. Yeah, yeah, they they absolutely beat that to death in the book. So everyone was like, "That has to mean something." Mrs. Norris loses her red eyes in the she later, yeah. in the later uh, films. Um, but it's uh, a Maine Coon cat, by the way. Ooh, we long hair, long face, uh, bigger than most cats. This is this one is this scene this oh this scene is compressed cat packs. <laughs> Do you have a Twitter account? I can follow. He's our cat correspondent. I love it. Um, I'm surprised you didn't point out that McGonagall is supposed to be a tabby, but yeah. not a. There were there were and while I, we're on I it, just real quick time, while we're people, on it, people thought uh, especially when the time turner was introduced, people thought that Voldemort might be Harry from the future. Oh my god, that was a oh theory. Oh my god, that's well, time. black hair, oh. you know. Yeah, and that's it. Black shoes, black. Sorry, I'll stop. Because no one understood uh, that we'd never found out till near the very end why he tried to kill Harry. Wait, but we place, met so. before time turners are introduced. We meet Tom Riddle, and right. So, so that kind of went out the window. Everyone was very, everyone was very confused. <laughs> Nobody knew what was happening. I do like. Well, we'll talk about that in chamber. I was just going to say on the subject of cat-like. That's a good. Uh, that's an, that's another one of those adverbs that shows up like eh, forty times in the first two books. Right. Like there's a number of ways to describe something in a <laughs> sentence, and she explored most of them. But cat-like appears constantly. Like she loves that as an adverb. Bear in mind, first time author. Yeah. I mean, this is just a lady who had an idea on a train, didn't have a pen to write it down, so she just started thinking about it yeah. to keep herself entertained. And then she thought about it. She thought about it for the next seven years. Yeah. Before it was actually published, which yes. is why I give her a lot of credit for having had the mm-hmm. time to come up with a lot of the plot in advance. Yes. Because it's not like she just wrote it mm-hmm. and then, you know, whatever. She she spent a lot of time write, pre-writing the, the other stuff, so I right. think all the important beats were certainly there. See, uh, I'll dispute that, but okay. <laughs> I think it's a mix. The editing of this film, as, as um, Eddie was saying, I think, I mean, we're watching the extended version. It's always that scene where it occurs to me, too. Uh, but overall... This movie could be tightened quite a bit just by cutting heads and tails. There's the whole scene where she's talking to them. I'm going to go, you know, before you get us, uh, you find a way to get us killed or worse expelled. And she walks away and the camera waits until she gets all the way inside and closes the door. And we hear the sound till we cut to Ron with enough time for him to wait and react and then say his line. It's like, okay, overlap that. She goes, cut to Ron, slamming door sound. He goes immediately, you know, that whole thing. Um, Sean Biggerstaff has Oliver Wood. Uh, I think he, more than anybody else in this world, seems to get it. 
in a way, the way he talks about Quidditch and the way he seems, sure. he feels like he lives in, he's lived in this world. Yeah. Um, and that he understands every single thing he's saying, whereas everybody else feels a little awkward about it, but he totally sells it. Except for when the snitch is flying around, because unfortunately he and Harry are looking in different directions yeah. and they're going <laughs> to give it to, they're going to animate it to match Harry <laughs> because he's the one who's got to fun. You can see why, uh, you can see why Wood is not a seeker because the, the snitch is three feet away from his head and he's looking in completely <laughs> the other direction. Okay, can we get a consensus on how heavy we think a bludger is because if it's anything more than like half a pound that is cruel yeah and that will kill you this game no is doubt. insane this game is well crazy. no everything about it makes makes some kind of sense except for the bludger right it's like oh and by the way there's two cannonballs trying to murder you yeah just all the time yeah exactly it's there's, like if there were luck. football and a lion in the, in the second in the second book, they're like it's a rogue bludger. It's like it's really it's a bludger. That's all bludgers are rogue bludgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still that's rogue a, bludger. That's terrifying. That's, right. that, that's the only bludger that actually knows what it's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that bludger. A, that bludger is prioritizing. That's fact, what it is. The game would be better if the bludger were always chasing the seeker. Yeah, actually, that'd be exactly what. That's what it should be. Yeah. All right, we fixed it. It'll, no, it'll be <laughs> yeah. like it'll be like the XFL to Quidditch's NFL. Where it's yeah, like, we yeah, make up some new rules to just see if we can make Quidditch more ridiculous and insane and dangerous. Yeah. Actually, speaking of lions, can we put a spell on them or something so we can get them flying around too? I'm sure they... Well, we're about lions to learn that Lions that cannot line. control their own ballistics and are yeah. just getting more and more angry. We're How about, about to learn that spell right here. Kind of like cats in space. Just oh, like, no. man. Flitwick. I, the makeup on Flitwick here is yeah. not good. No. Poor choice. This was... This was I mean, this is what you do when you're like, it's a tiny little wizard. That's what he... <laughs> but um, I prefer the new Flitwick, that, which was totally an accident, Yeah. by the way. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron created a new character, the Choir Master, for, and they had uh, Warwick Davis play him. But everyone could tell that was Warwick Davis, and they were like, I guess that's just what Flitwick looks like now. And then in the fourth movie, they're like, that's just what Flitwick looks like now, I guess. He just got a makeover between the two. He yeah. just walked into a barbershop and was like, Orville Redenbacher. Yeah, <laughs> I do like her performance. Stop! 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 Yeah, she does a perfect job of that. She was raised by dentists. She's very careful. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> she, she does have the perfect like, way too grown up line. You're going to put someone's eye out. That well, is no, it's a very point. much like this is what her parents said to yes. her right. friends, not right. her. She uh -huh. would never be so careful. She would never be so careless. That is a point I was thinking. I almost, I was gonna say earlier when you were talking about her pointing the wand at. Ron's face on the train. You'd think they. Why do they give ten-year-olds wands with no restrictions, right. or rules, or anything? Yeah. I mean, oh, give the training wand. If you think about it, a gun does one thing, and you never point that at someone unless you want to kill yeah. them. Yeah. Here, a kids, wand have this. Can do anything. Yeah. And they give them to ten-year-olds. Although they mostly blow up your face. go ahead, fix they, his glasses. Yeah, they mostly just act like guns later. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but like you need to be able to. <laughs> No, something to do something with the wand. It's hard to do anything with the wand. Right. No, you That's don't. I mean, we've, we've Harry blew up on his, his aunt on accident. Right. Yeah. By accident. That's true. Without, yeah, well, he, without he a wand, even. He was more in control of his magic at that point. That was more of like a... But at Olivander's, he, 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 he blew like something up. Yeah. With at no. Olivander's... And, no, he and could and have done that That's the test. That's the test when you're finding a wand. He goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, wave it around. It's like, bang. Shoot this gun a couple times. How's that feel? You go into Sports Authority. What do you think of that one? Bang, bang, bang. Nope, give it back. I got... Not good. Ooh, this gun likes me. Yeah. It is. It is, it is almost like the magical world is a response to the bureaucracy and regu regulation of normal English life. Because it's just like, oh, screw it. We'll have a werewolf as a teacher. Ah, oh, yeah. screw it. Give them all wands. Well, Hogwarts, the I mean, the bureaucracy oh, starts to creep in over yeah, the course of the does, story. Yeah, it does. But it almost...
Dumbledore should, because if you read the books, Dumbledore should be fired every year and possibly executed sure. for what he allows to happen. This <laughs> yeah. Troll in the dungeon. Right. The de- master so, of the defensive dark arts yes. is scared of a troll. He's a bit yeah. of a wuss, apparently. Uh, I wanted to He's jump terrified back. of everything. I just finished rereading the, the books again um, yesterday, and rewatching the whole <laughs> introduce Harry to Quidditch scene, it really struck me as they really didn't have all of the information when they were making this because, of course, oh, yeah. all the books were in Dundits. Let's all handle the snitch with our bare hands, and they make a whole major plot point about, no, no one touches the snitch usually yeah, unless right, they're right. wearing gloves yeah. because it's a thing. So I thought it, it has flesh it, memory for some reason. It has, like, what, it what's, what's it has, the purpose of I, that? I, I ass- no. If I have to bring in the uh, my retcon powers to bear. Oh well. I think that they the argument you could make is that it's got a flesh memory. So if there's a question as to who caught it first, like someone catches it and they but they fumble it and someone which else which makes sense. It, yeah. You can you can you have a spell and you go okay who touched that one? Yeah. And which, then why it, is well, it flesh memory and not just priori and cantatum? Or Exa- right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well you I can use that, that to find out what the the last spell it. a wand cast. Right. I think that's a just it's a great example of, I think that was made up later. Well, yes. <laughs> well, right, right, but yeah. it's a great example of when they were making this movie, they did not have the end story point, so they were really going through the books and saying, well, we think this is I mean, obviously they had JK to bounce things off of, but they really had to go, well, we think this is going to be important, so we have to make sure to include it in the story yeah. in the movie. And it's really impressive how much what they did leave out and what they did prioritize paid off down the road. Right, uh, but it also it is also. <clears throat> I mean, Clovis has said himself. He's like, if I had all seven books to work with, these movies would be almost completely different <laughs> because I would have decided uh, there would have been different things. You know, the, the things we left out, the things we kept in, would have been different. We probably would have kept in some reference to Mister F- Mrs. Fig in the first one to to right, have right. her later. Uh, we probably would have planted. The Deathly Hallows or the Tales of Beetle the Bard in an earlier movie, at right. least just reference sure. them earlier. Right. You have know. Ron mention, oh, my mom told Death me Eater. that story yeah. in his, yeah. So, um, I will say, despite. So, uh, all things considered, this was a really ballsy thing for them to do. Go like, oh, yeah. okay, hope this works out. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's cross our fingers and make sure we got the script yeah. and the set design and everything. Yeah, it's working. Yeah. So, well, all, all things considered. Despite this troll well having done. hillbilly teeth and looking like Shrek, it it does give a genuine sense of menace. Oh yeah, that's what I got when I when I rewatched this. I was like, this thing might kill these children. Yeah, and it intends to. It's uh, it this is this is back before. Uh, I mean, right now he's a cartoon. Yeah, and so is Harry. Uh, this is yeah. back before the so, some of the uh, developments in digital technology, which make things look so great later which are uh subsurface scattering which which mimics the way that light bounces mm-hmm. underneath the surface it, it comes up again um norbert norbert's wings would look very different today um and also what's called ambient occlusion which is um basically the the characters shadowing themselves self-shadowing You'll ambient that, occlusion is a contact shadow when you put your hand down on yeah. the floor you see a little bit of shadow where your fingers are touching it that isn't really coming from anywhere that's yeah. ambient but occlusion. it's but Does it's also believe- on the characters and like the troll's eyes are very bright here, which which early CG stuff had to do. Did anybody? Sorry, does anybody believe that that club falling on his head would actually knock him unconscious? You yeah, think so. it's a heavy club. It's a, wow, it's a heavy club, and his head is the smallest proportion yeah. part of his body. I, I guess from, so. What if they? Yeah. What if they, they had like killed it? What if its head had just exploded? I mean, <laughs> that would have been amazing. I don't think anybody would have cared because the Wizarding World looks down very hard on anything that isn't human. It's true. Yeah, um, I think I think just to touch on the point of the all the this the is CG, a real this, troll by the, the way. The CGness of it. It's really helped, I think, partially by the way 
uh, Columbus has this whole, obviously heavily involved with the DP, but the whole film, I'm not sure if it's the TV, it seems like I remember it from all my other watchings. It's a very, it's very bright flat, film. Very bright and very flat. Yeah. It, the, there yeah. really isn't that much contrast, which works for the storytelling and the, you know, the, the story mm. sense that he's going for. I'm not sure it would work all the time, but it's definitely here, which I think also helps with the lack of some of those more technical aspects with the troll it kind of yeah. helps it blend in a little bit better i don't know I how think, to phrase this in a film literate way but i would say this is a very literal movie in terms of lighting and color like yeah staging, just, very much so yeah it looks very much like if you were standing in this room this is what snape and hermione and mcgonagall yeah. would look like from this angle. it's not it's not at all sculpted which is i i, I I'd argue can, it feels a little overlit for that it feels like they've got a couple a TV floods. show. yeah oh yeah, it, yeah it's very and 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 the the reason i think uh, a large reason for that is um, the reason the reason that television is often lit that way is because of how fast they have to do yeah. it, and the fact that in 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 films in general, what's called um, um, single camera when you're only shooting with a single camera, you set up the camera and you make the light look great in that direction, and then you turn the camera around or you you move in and you make the light look great for that angle. And for this, like I said, to get everything they needed to with these kids, they had to set up seven cameras oh, yeah. if, if at shooting... every direction so they could not sculpt the light for any given oh, camera. Oh yeah, if you're shooting this much coverage, it definitely, yeah. there's a practical reason for it. I just, and there are some like this. This is much, I mean, even this yeah. shot right here with them walking down the hallway much is yeah. much more dynamically lit. Yeah, but even in the, in the as of the second one, it's a different DP. This one is uh, John Sale, who I can't remember what else. It's spelled like Seal, but it's Sale. Sale! Um, and I can't I can't <laughs> remember <laughs> what else he, he shot. He did come back for uh, Goblet of Fire, I remember that. But um, as of the second movie, the cinematography takes a noticeable uh, uh, leap forward um, for, for any number of reasons, I'm sure. It, it changes dramatically, obviously, in Prisoner of Azkaban, but there is a noticeable change uh, as of chamber as well. You know, another thing about Snape that I, I'm just now realizing <laughs> has always bothered me, but I take it for granted now because we had, however, like a decade of these movies. He has a bob hairstyle for no reason. <laughs> he's he's really not into the drawn Beatles. like that. It's in supposed the to be he's, longer. Well, yeah. he's described as having curtains greasy of hair, curtains hair. of greasy hair. Now he, yeah, he's drawn. He's drawn more like Jafar. Yeah, he looks the, like Jafar in yeah. the uh, the books, but uh, which is why I recast a long Snape nose. She often says a long nose. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. Can we say we we we've, we've talked over it, but at the end of the troll scene, there, we got some points. My probably my biggest problem with this movie is is that bit. Hermione was doing nothing wrong. She right. was crying in a in a bathroom, and a troll came in to try to kill her, and the boys <laughs> went in and saved her life. I don't quite understand the the logic of some of that. Let well, alone the points. What? I'll give you five points for saving a little girl. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, you it, would think <laughs> later on they're totally like, oh, you looked at me crossways. 500 points from right. Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and detention. I, yeah. I know everyone in this room has probably done this when, when someone does something great or terrible. Five points to Gryffindor, five yeah. points from Gryffindor. It's such yeah. a great, just declarative, exciting thing to yeah. say. The point system, I mean, the whole matter of it makes no sense at all i never noticed oliver wood in the background looking at the broom like oh my god <laughs> yeah that, that, that was wonderful actually well i mean there's that whole point story-wise I, I wasn't quite looking at the screen and it's been a while since i saw the movie i forget if they changed it much but in the book it's the whole she just jumps in and takes the blame for them yes. being yes. out, which yeah. is why she gets the points taken away. She, she said, "Oh she no, says, I went and I hunted down the troll, and that's they more came and key. saved me." Except that's who, more the, key nobody to why needs they blame. Yeah. yeah, 
Right. Well, well, yeah. Which is which is the key character moment where they're like, oh no, we actually now like her because right. she. You know, but there was right. a, yes. there, But but the what, what you're saying is that the the mindset, or maybe it's just the kids having the the weird mindset, but. Uh, the kids were afraid of getting in trouble because they were supposed to go back to their houses and instead they went to right. save Hermione. Right. And they were afraid. They're like, we're going to get in trouble if they know we didn't listen. It's like, uh, I think that but. extenuating <laughs> circumstances. No, you, I would discipline a kid if he ran off to fight a troll That's instead true. of going to his room <laughs> yeah. and leaving it to Dumbledore. Which, by the way, where was Dumbledore during that? Mm. Oh, there's a troll. I'll go to my office. Yeah, they were looking plot, for the troll. But. Plot wise, though, <laughs> he said it was in the what, dungeons. Like yeah. Quirrell, he, they went to he went to the dungeons, but it uh, wasn't. It had wandered out. Quirrell set up the troll challenge in the dungeon. Right. And so book, that yeah. troll is actually his. Wow. A. How does that fool anybody on the staff <laughs> then? That he's scared of trolls. But B. Remind me of the actual plot. Did he plot? set up the troll challenge? I guess he must. Wait, have. wait, wait. Sorry, troll the challenge. Plot, the plot point: is, uh, uh, there is a there is an unconscious troll. When they're trying to get to the sorcerer's stone, there's a couple of rooms challenges oh, that you're right, you're they right. lose. They kind of skip over. They yes. skip over an unconscious because troll. They skip over beaten. Snape's. Um, but um, do they skip over Snape's in the movie? Yes. yes. Okay. No, but, that's right. But the point of the the point of the the troll getting loose in the dungeon is so that everyone's distracted, so Quirrell can try to get to the stone. But it's Snape who actually gets the injury. Well, because what happened was Snape went to head Quirrell off, and so he got there, and then he got bit by the dog, even though yeah. uh, he, he did manage to head Quirrell off because he knows. Like, they, they both know. They're just... And I think that might be why he was, Quirrell was able to get away with the troll in the dungeon thing without suspicion, because if he already had permission to have trolls in the castle and one just got loose, that's a lot less suspicious than, like, uh, a mountain troll just walked in. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Too. Just kind of yeah, no one noticed. From whence did the mountain troll walk yeah. in, and who left that door open? Don't most of the doors have fire alarms on them now? In the fourth book, you can't like <laughs> a mosquito flies near Hogwarts and gets incinerated. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's this is a uh, the whole Quidditch uh, to to Columbus's credit again. They left the Quidditch sequence till very late in the process. Uh, because they didn't know how to do it. So they were like, we're going to take the time to figure it out. And then they were like, okay, we figured it out, and we don't have the time to actually do it. Um, this, this Slytherin captain, his face. Yeah, yeah. He's referred to, he is, he is actually perfectly cast, yeah. uh, sadly, yeah. because he is referred to as looking like he has some troll blood in him. Th- those te- those totally... teeth are definitely store-bought Billy Bob teeth. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, he Columbus has said, like, they they basically left this till the end of the schedule, and he has has never and will never be happy with Quidditch in the first film. It is certainly improved. It doesn't uh, it as doesn't of the the second one. I, I kind of like it. It's okay, but it is. It's also Mike. What do you, what, what don't you like about it? Is it, it just how it's portrayed, or is it that it's here, or how it's actually put into the script? Just how no how the scene mainly itself. How it's, how it's done. It's um, all shot in close-ups. It's all, clo- it's all close-ups. It's all people moving on cards practically in, you yeah. know, in front of each other. There's very f- little dynamic movement, um, which improves greatly in the second one and is phenomenal in the sixth one. I will say this feels faster than the Quidditch in the other movies. Also true. Just when because we were- they're cutting between those close-ups so quickly and they're all doing a very fast action that leads to the next one, it feels more like a like a soccer game or something where things are just going bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam. But also, I, I, I always get the impression at least at this stage, maybe it changed later, that that Rowling herself didn't really like sports. She, she, It's a blokey thing, and um, 
and this game is so complicated because sports are dumb. Yeah, I always I always thought of it that way. I when we were talking of, about how Quidditch doesn't make sense earlier, did we mention like the the rest of the game doesn't matter button that is the snitch? Yeah. Right. No, did we talk no, about that? I don't. I don't. I don't quite agree with that. Yeah. I I I see people's point with that. I I think number one, you can give it. There, there is a point to be given <coughs> for that being a deliberate satire where it's like nothing matters in sports. Nothing ever matters in sports. That's the point of sports. And but that's, it isn't because the snitch again. doesn't win the game. It ends the game. The snitch ends the game. Right. So, so you, it's, it's the fact of the point system. It's the fact that there's such a huge leap in points when you get the snitch. And I think they ought to, they ought to reduce that for, um, for school quidditch. Like as the as the point is made in in uh, Goblet of Fire, not in the movie, but in the in the uh, book, um, it is possible for a professional Quidditch team to get more than 150 points up very quickly, well, it, it and really... so that difference is made made up very quickly. But in in these games, it's like no team gets more than like four goals before the snitch is caught, and it's like there is no point at all. Well, I don't know about to... that because it's like there's three goals, there's yeah. three chasers. I mean, it, the main scoring object of the game is scoring with the quaffle. The game can go on for days. It's not unrealistic for someone to get 15 points up because each would, point is well. You would think 10. the problem is that we never see that. The problem yeah, is yeah. we get four we get four goals and then Harry catches the snitch, or it takes him 30 seconds to catch the. They snitch. They treat Quidditch goals like football goals. Yeah, uh, European football goals, where it, you know a, a game of two and one is an unbelievable shutout. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, and and Quidditch never goes well for Harry either. Like all the times we see him in the in the movies, some someone tries to murder him, and uh, <laughs> you would you would think it's good it's good that yeah. he li- still likes it. I mean, I I have a couple friends who are really really good at American football. They're fantastic at it, but they kept getting injured, and usually by the time they were thirteen, they quit. Yeah, like oh, yeah. that's not a thing. But you but do. that's but there is there is a, an element. I mean, we were talking about the bludgers earlier. It's like. But look at the damage that that we in the Muggle world oh, yeah. encourage children to inflict on each other. It's like that <laughs> is point. that that there, there is clearly a, a, a joke there. Yeah, because football be is super, super football. safe. Yeah, <laughs> dodgeball. I mean, have you ever been winged in the face with one of those yeah. red dodgeballs? <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I mean, half, <laughs> half Blood Prince Quidditch is completely rugby. Like yeah. they're slamming into each other and they're knocking yeah. each other through the, the goals and and. They even, like don't they even make a reference about like teeth and I mean bones. People get that. the problem is is that it. it they go into great detail of the triage they do for students to begin with. Like, right. oh, your bones are missing. Let's go ahead and just <laughs> cast an incantation while you grow them back. Yeah. Well, would you would you like to describe what you've just handed to us? Oh, indeed, yeah. I will. I think I'm waiting for, uh, for Teague to make a lower third. Good to so, go. <clears throat> yeah, basically, like I said at the, head, at the top of this, I'm not doing, uh, oh, here's the Birdie Bots Ever Flavor Bean or here's Butter Butterbeer. It's just my interpretation. We do have jelly beans across the way. Yeah. but We do. It's my interpretation on the title. So I was originally going to do a thing called Onsen Tamago, which is a slow poached egg. However, uh, I kind of screwed up the poaching. So we're just doing a traditional British churried egg with smoked paprika over miso butter and a nest of uh, pan-seared asparagus. It looks delightful. It's hey, delicious. Jody. Yes. Hooray. Hey, Super easy to make. It's a it's a it's a one pan dish. So, I should probably eat something I haven't yes, eaten in a couple of days. I, I will say. Oh I, my god, that's good. Overall, I do like Quidditch, <laughs> and I think it makes sense. And I've I always thought that the, I'd play it. But yeah, I would. The Quidditch matches in the books are some of my favorite uh, parts, and Half Blood Prince is probably my favorite book, and in no small part because of that World Cup at the beginning, it, which is really really fun. Goblet, you mean? Goblet. goblet. Yeah, sorry. Um, although you know. Rowling has even said that by like the fifth book, she was sick to death of writing Quidditch. Well, right. she stopped. Um, yeah, I mean, which is why she she took it off. Well, 
Well, there were, it's never integrated into the plot very well. It's always, you know, something happens to Harry during the middle of a yeah. Quidditch game. You can you can make you make a tan- you can make a tangent argument about the character and overcoming adversity and finding your place. You can make that argument well, that it sort of it, it goes parallel to the story, yep. but it certainly is not a link in the chain. Aside from the the like the next one, his arm gets broken, and that's right. how he discovers that that Colin Creevy has been petrified. It's another right. source of peril. Yeah. To me, to me, the thing to have done though, if you're going to make it as big as it is in the movies, and to make Harry's ability so so front and center for the character is to then make that matter at in yeah. the end game against Voldemort. Yeah, the fact that he is a great seeker makes make a moment that. You know that he uses that during the battle, and yeah. that doesn't he has ever. To fly, he has to do well, something. You're right. No, he does because um, the uh, the Ravenclaw uh, uh, Horcrux in the Room of Requirement. Right. When it's being consumed he by does, fiend he fire, does have he's got to use a broom and use the broom to get out. I mean, he but... basically. I mean, it's it's like the whole Anakin Skywalker was a fantastic pirate or pirate pilot. Yeah. Oh yeah. my Wait, God! I have an idea for a fan. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you take that college humor. <laughs> Nicholas Flamel. But, but I, on the other hand, everybody, the, the counter to that argument is, well, everybody else rides a broom in that scene, too, and they yeah. don't seem to have much problem with it. Right. So well, the right. fact that he's yeah. a great flyer is not. Well, I mean, it's, it, I don't know. I, I, I totally see what you're saying. It's like if, you, if you're going to set up all of these attributes that Harry has, it would be great if they all came back. At Especially the since the that's his one particular talent, and he's not that great at it's, spells other than a couple of defensive spells. It's also spells. something that he shares with his father and another right. reason for Snape to hate him. Right. And it, it also furthers his dynamic as being different from his father despite having similarities. And here's the other thing. Ron yeah. can p- play chess. He's great at chess. And then he does nothing else ever again. Yeah, yeah and he doesn't even show much of a strategic mind. Like, right. I thought I thought maybe in the in the later books he would come up with some amazing plan to to you know fight Voldemort or or something but no he just likes yeah. chess he's always like what's the plan it's like you're yeah. the chess guy and then he's exactly. like right yes. that plan's dumb let's just punch it yeah or run away I wonder if he's good at other board games like do you think Ron is good at like guess who <laughs> Wizard Connect Four <laughs> dude yeah how would that even work it's ten, it's like ten million slots. Oh. And it's they, in, explode. It's three, they explode three if dimensions. you take more than three seconds. And they have little wings, and they make little, like, it sounds like a, like a little string ascension when they fly basically, by. Basically, adding wizard to the front of any game or sport basically means now it tries to kill you. Yeah, wizard ping pong. And, uh, and or each oh other. Oh, my God. Wizard ping pong is just bludgers. Bludgers <laughs> and beaters. And you have to use your hands like a baby's toy. So we've, we've been introduced to uh, uh, Nicholas Flamel. Unfortunately, we did not get earlier uh, Harry reading the Chocolate Frog card, which mm-hmm. is where... He initially hears it, and also where in the book we hear the our first reference to Gellert Gringle, Grindelwald, mm-hmm. who uh, yeah, it goes factors way back. in Dumbledore, later. who factors in later, and and Dumbledore uh, defeated. He Dumbledore basically became a thing. Uh, There's a huge ultimately. backstory eventually that we get. Yeah. by the time of Death, Dumbledore Hallows is famous because the of the dragon's blood, finding right. the seven uses of dragon's blood, and for defeating Gellert Grindelwald. Grindelwald. Yeah. He defeated Grindelwald in 1945. So everybody who read that went, "Oh, that's got something to do with World War II," and that's crazy. Which um, that movie is something I want to see. Yeah, because the Wizard War with Grindelwald and the Nazis. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Simultaneous. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that movie. Yeah, I would love to see that. I, I was gonna. Uh, 
um, bring up at some point, and I guess we'll talk about it. What I was hoping to see over over the course of the story, uh, as as the books were coming out, I was thinking, especially with uh, the way Half Blood Prince starts with the other minister, that the Wizarding War was going to end up breaking down the wall between the Wizard World and the Muggle World. Yeah, it and there was it, go- it was cool going to be all out b- to see you like know. SAS like. <laughs> like yeah, fast roping down the side yeah. of Hogwarts, like to... real r- the real world and the Wizarding world having yes. to fight the same battle. I thought would have been very very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's... there was I don't remember where I saw this or in what context. I want to say one of you, maybe even you, Dorkman, showed it to me. Uh, there was a fan film or fan web series made about what was going on at this exact same time in the Wizarding world in America. And oh, I never. It saw was like that. the CIA. Like it was like the CIA has wizards. They fight just like wizards in these movies do, but they're in America and they're doing stuff over here. I in saw the 90s. that that they've started releasing one called uh, Auror's Tale that that mm-hmm. uh, was kickstarted and it sounds like that. I don't know if it's the one you're talking about, but um, it was similar to that. This was yeah. a few years ago, but yeah, I, I I am fascinated by the idea of uh, seeing what happened with the this universe in different times in history in different parts of the world mm-hmm. you know i mean what was what was going on in Durmstrang during world war Two? you know what was well that was a big thing that's that's one of the reasons in in uh deathly hallows which is cut from the movie but crumb recognizes the deathly hallows symbol right. because that is grindelwald's symbol yeah, yeah. right um, I was that, always fascinated by yeah, the other wizarding schools. Did they ever, in the extended, like, did they ever uh, mention, is there an American wizarding school? I'm sure there has to be. They never name they it, never but they acknowledge that one exists. Berkeley. They, it's Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. it's Berkeley. Wait, 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 yeah. they actually say that? No, they never. No, they never, <laughs> no, 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 no. But, I, dude, go to Berkeley. No, I, it's do magical. Actually, do they acknowledge that there is an American at the wizarding qu- community? At, at the Quidditch World Cup, there are American wizards. There it, are. It acknowledges oh, that there are med- American wizards. So there is clearly an American. They do acknowledge Salem Witches Society. Thank you, Spark. Oh, that is what it is. Oh, the Salem yeah. Witches Society. But if there's a West Coast uh, version, it is Berkeley. It's just, it, if you've never got a chance, go to well, <laughs> Half Moon Bay, that whole sort of like, I mean, that's where Bigfoot allegedly lives in the mystery spot. So here's that Filch. That would make sense. Um, on, it, it, Bigfoot during his, lives in the mystery isn't spot? Isn't Filch the same actor as uh, the cook in Master and Commander? I forget his no, name. Filch uh, no, Filch is played no. by Zach Braff. Yeah. What? Wow. No, Filch what? Is, yeah. yeah, that's him. So good. Filch is, um, yeah. is I just did a Kermit uh, thing from, where I'm like, from yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, okay. he's a uh, he's a uh, the, the Greyjoy. The no, Greyjoy. No, 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 I can't say the 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 twins. The Fray, Walder Frey. Walder Frey. Is that Walder Frey? Yeah, you can say it. You just got to buy malaria now. Oh my god! I didn't. My I, mind was just completely blown, and I, now I hate Filch so much. I, like I'm shaking with anger. Right I'm now. I'm shocked that you didn't because he looks exactly he the does, same. It's just but bit, like, yeah. My brain was blocking it out, and now I hate him because the red wedding and yeah filch is pretty bad yeah I don't cry right now. nothing oh, like alone. that's interesting in the chat room the one galen points out he was hoping that the uh, the series would eventually be like a story about the end of segregation between the muggles yeah and uh, that's what i Wizarding thought World. that's what i thought it'd be so be. cool exactly. like if it's no. going to trail off into the zone where it's like at the end everyone accepts each other and yeah the racist like pure blood people are all like cast aside and yeah. they have to learn their ways and they get out of congress eventually and all that no because the real threat of voldemort trying to commit uh genocide against muggles is that if they figured it out on a widespread scale, it would be a genocide against wizards. But they can't. There's nothing that muggles could do against wizards if they were... Uh, you we know. have nukes, sir. You can fit all of Spelly the Hogwarts Armas. students, all of the Hogwarts students, all of the young witches and wizards in England into one room. Right, that's the point, yes. <laughs> okay? You can kill yes. all of those young wizards and wizards, wi- wizards with, like, one block of C4. Yeah. All right? An AC-130 gunship destroys... 
everyone. <laughs> there's a the quick aside. There's a very famous one shot comic book called Punisher Kills the Marvel Universe. Yep. And the idea behind it is that it's a what if tale that instead of the Punisher's family being killed by mobsters, it was killed in the crossfire of a superhero battle. And he just goes insane and wants to kill all the superheroes. And so when it, he he one by one goes down and takes down just sort of all the main heroes. But for all the mutants, he basically the scenes it's on the moon and you have all the X Men and all the bad mutants on one side. And they're like, all right, you called us here for this final battle we're ready you called us here for this final mm-hmm. battle nuke <laughs> it's just, yeah, it just, and he just one fell swoop gets rid of all the mutants i bet you're all wondering yep. why i called you like, there's a lot of these guys and they all hate each other this this will be easy actually <laughs> how did i get rid of the hulk we should we should mention by the way that way for banner filch is played oh, yeah, by yeah. david bradley yeah. shot him and he yeah, just he just simple. played william hartnell in an adventure in space and time a terrific little doctor who uh documentary oh let's check that out Oh, isn't there a William Hartnell uh, biopic coming out? Well? It, an Adventure in Space and Time was the documentary about the beginning of Doctor Who, and it's kind of all about the, the oh, first so Doctor. it's not just a documentary. It's got a guy who's actually playing him. Right. Yeah. In the chat, Darth Practice brings out that Roland has said that a muggle with a shotgun would be a Death Eater every time. A muggle would beat a de- I don't, Death Eater? I don't muggle know. with a shotgun, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm muggle serious. with a shotgun starring... Uh, Death Eater. <laughs> What's, I did, th- I did always think, and I know, I know Rowling would never do it, but if I were re- rewriting the scene uh, in Order of the Phoenix where they're in the Department of uh, Mysteries, at some point, uh, Sirius would have been cornered by a couple of Death Eaters who were like, ha-ha, we've got you, and he would have right. just pulled out a gun and murked both of them. Yeah. Quick, right there. quick little uh, visual thing here. Uh Lily Potter looks like J.K. Rowling, and um, <laughs> she does. And Dad hair. Potter looks like Ty Burrell uh, <laughs> from from commu- or from a Modern Family. Uh, Geraldine yeah. Somerville is the. Uh, and I actually read that uh, J.K. Rowling was considered for offered the part to be right. Lily Potter in the Mirror of Eris set, right. but uh. either turned it down or it just didn't happen for reasons. But she but it was considered. She told it. She tells an anecdote that's actually kind of cool um, about uh, when she came on the set. And uh, they were they were building everything and doing that. And she the mirror of Erised was there and she walked up to it and looked in. And she was and she was like, and I'm seeing myself in the mirror of Erised with people making a hundred million dollar movie <laughs> of my wow. bo- of my book. And, and, and you know, my my books are super successful and stuff like that. And she's like she actually said it was a little too symbolic, <laughs> actually. It was a little too literal. Yeah. Geraldine Somerville is the actress's name. She was in Cracker with uh, with Robbie Coltrane. Uh, oh. I, th- I believe we said that if you say a racial slur on that <laughs> yeah. show, you have to purchase a mosquito net. So, but uh, what what I what I, I I am impressed by is the fact that they kept they kept the the his parents as the same actors the whole time because you totally could have recast him if you wanted I, to. I probably wouldn't but, have noticed if they. Had. Yeah, exactly. Especially I, the father, he, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, but, I honestly, until just now, didn't even realize that Flitwick changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that may be because I'm heightest, but like in the in the in Deathly he's, Hallows, Flitwick, it's just Tyrion Lannister. Flitwick, le, yeah, Flitwick, he's the one who let him into their vault and Gringotts, right? It's just everywhere. Why isn't Dinklage in this? He I, mean, I guess he's not English. No, he w- but he was a well-known actor at this point. But, but he is Dinklish. By this time, he had done uh, the Station Agent with uh, Patricia yeah. Clarkson, and which, which was nah, which kind of like made him movie. an indie yeah. darling. I love I love Peter Dinklage, but the Station and then he was also an Elf, which was about a uh, two years wow. after this. Yeah. But so and you know something, our, our new listeners from the from the MuggleNet folks, and hi by the way, hi MuggleNet people. Hi, MuggleNet. Hi. Uh, we appreciate you. May or may not know that we're all for the most part uh, a podcast of people who work in the film industry. We've got people who have flown in from out of town to be here today too. But uh, the the podcast itself is all film folks, and we're in Los Angeles. 
we all work in the film industry. And um, I saw Peter Dinklage a couple weeks ago. I, I got a, a very cool. rare Dinklage sighting. Uh, I saw him with blonde hair. Uh, and he was yeah, just wow. standing on the side of the street, being all Dinklage, and I was like, "Holy crap, there he is!" That's and weird. it was a very important moment for him. Yeah, Game of Thrones. I mean, they dye his hair kind of blondish for Game of Thrones. So, I, but I figured he'd I take it that off. Was a wig, because uh, it always weirds me out when I see him with black hair, even though that is his natural hair color. And also because he likes to wear a goatee for some reason, which I, I don't think he should. He has a good chin. <laughs> I love Dinklage. Anyway, when I saw him, I was very excited because you, you, when you see when you see actors around LA. You eventually just get used to it. The ones that have only excited me in the last couple of years are uh, are Dinklage and J.K. Simmons. I saw J.K. Simmons. I walked I right past him, and my excitement Simmons. level Dopplered as he walked by. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I had that yesterday at the bank with uh, a little gentleman by the name of Mark Singer from a film called Beastmaster. He was at the <laughs> he was at the Wells Fargo on Ventura Boulevard in Vineland. And I saw him, and I was about to say something, and in the far distant glimmer of his eye was the, without a word, he said, please don't say anything. And I said, <laughs> and I, I just walked away knowing that I had seen the dude from V and Beastmaster. Yeah. Oh, B. For, for a moment, I was really scared you were going to say, I had that experience with a little man named Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we've talked about it before, but Fillion's thing is, if you see him on the street, just kind of nod and go, cap, as you walk by. We'll both know what it means, yep. and we'll, we'll both have a fine day about it, and we don't have to do it. I want to try that with Dinklage. Half man. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's sort of respectful, but also sort of not. Yeah. Not respectful at all. Mostly the not. Mostly the not. It's like respect, but also it's not. <laughs> all right. So in real life, in Richard, in the, in, sorry, in real life Richard Harris is probably saying, I spent 30 years in there during the 60s staring at this thing. I yeah, lost I, half myself. Yes. Faldor in the chat's like, I imagine Teague seeing Dinklage being like Spike when he saw Angel as a puppet. <laughs> Whoa. It's a the, buff, uh, it's a thing. In the book, they they Harry asks uh, Dumbledore what he sees in the mirror, and he socks. gives a yeah. He's he's like, I see myself holding a pair of socks, and it's it's funny because he's totally lying, and and Harry <laughs> even picks <laughs> up on it. Yeah. It it may not be that that uh, Rowling had quite decided what he actually sees, which is his his family well and whole mm-hmm. to, together, because um, as we discover, it it was destroyed in Way in his bad. youth, um, but. At the very least, she knew it wasn't that, and that he had dark. He he had some dark uh, secrets that he wasn't going to tell. Or at Harry. least there was something more to him. Yeah, and so, and so there's totally a moment where he's a little taken aback, not expecting that question at all. He's like, "I see myself holding socks. Can never have too many socks." No, what he know. left out was that he sees himself holding socks in battle. Oh God! Ah, yeah. Now this uh, the scene with Harry uh, and the owl. Um, you're gonna have to forgive me because I forget character names with regularity. Hedwig. Hedwig, yes. Uh, Harry with Hedwig. Get it? That was another at the at the premiere at the Groman Chinese. That was another moment where people just applauded for no reason. Like they just for whatever reason the magic was being felt. The Groman's audience is very well known for liking birds, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing they're very well known for is trying to take a picture of a projected image, which, um, (laughs) which, and I don't mean videography. I mean flash photography. At the projected image, uh, during the episode one, it got so bad, my friend stood up, turned around, and said, it is impossible to take a flash photograph of a projected image. You will have nothing. And then he got a round of applause. <laughs> well because done. people were trying to get the crawl and all you know, this other stuff. Uh, oh, that I, was an extended... This is still an extended This is an extended scene, sequence actually, here. Yeah. But yeah. He, he's not really selling the... Uh, the leg locker? Petrificus. What, what is it? When this it's is the leg locker curse. Well, Petrificus no, totalis is Yeah, later. I know, but the leg locker curse starts with Petrificus as well. It just... It, it, Petrificus, fall down right now. It's... 
Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's been a, a sucky curse, by the way. I don't want to spend too much time talking on air about this, but you guys, if we uh, if we get just a few more donations in this movie, we will have cracked the 1K before we've even Ooh. gotten into the whole day. Yeah. Come on, guys. If we just Whoa, if, if a few more people donate, we're actually going to crack 1K on the first movie. Which wow. we would really, really, really like to do. Yeah. yeah that would be awesome. We only need nine more movies then. Yeah. And again, not turning this into a big thing, but $3, one net, sleeps two people, good for three years. Yeah. That's... That's really that's the pass the savings oh, on to you. The extended uh, edition he mentions Grindelwald. Yeah. Yep. I, I will say, guys, I know that each and every one of you would pay three dollars just to not be bitten by a mosquito. Yeah. If you were bitten by a mosquito and someone said, "I'll give you 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 can pay three dollars to have that not have just happened Done. to you," every single time you would do that. Yeah. Good point. Which also gives me an, it reminds me of a I had a brilliant business venture idea the other day. I was like, all I need is a power washer, and then I just go door to door with the power washer, and when the door opens, one sentence. I just so. Hey, for ten bucks, I'll clean that points it thing, and then I show them like a card of what power washers do, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You've just been just spending too much time on that weird fetishistic Reddit <laughs> sub forum. No, but that also it comes into mind. Yeah, but I'm just saying. If I walked up, if I walked up, imagine you're standing at your door, you open it, and a guy says, "For right now, ten bucks or ten pounds, I will clean that whatever you're pointing at, the driveway, a wall, or, or something." You go, Wait, "Yeah, it, it would cost it, the time investment and the price investment for me to clean that is way more than ten bucks." Yeah, just do it. Knock it out real quick. Do you point or do I point? And then I just go from person to. Uh, <laughs> do I get to pick what you power wash? <laughs> Stop dissecting my. Hypotheticals. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I did that, I think I'd make a lot of money. And then when I had 200 bucks, I could stop for the day, or I could uh, ride my power washer to the moon. Anyway, give money because uh, something something malaria. 700,000 <laughs> children under the age of five die of malaria every year. Totally anyway, back to Harry Potter, which is much fun. Really, really quick. And I don't mean to catch you off. I really quick, one thing I've always wondered about Hermione is that they allude to her parents being muggle, but they, they're they're not bad people. They're really good people. They're a little nervous around the wizarding world. They are dentists, though. They are, they're dentists. But by all by all means, she has the most stable home life in, in terms of like just consistent and good, and they love her. But yeah, the Weasleys are good. The yeah. Weasleys are awesome, but it's 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 a lot of kids. It's a little chaotic. It's a little you know. There's yeah. the 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 roosters kind of the hens rule the roost. But I don't know how religion works here, but they are no, no. definitely an Irish Catholic yeah. family. But <laughs> Hermione is so self-flagellating. She is so like I can't believe I forgot this. I'm so stupid. How could I overlook this? She so punishes herself at every single time. It's like why why you like that, Hermione? Well, why do you think she relates so well to the house elves? That's what I'm saying. But like, but again, it's like you get no inkling of that in terms of how she kind of got to that point. I think I think it's like it's like it's like Cameron Fry's parents is what her parents. I are. think she, but I think no, but she Cameron Fry's parents are total a holes. She like. didn't know anything she about her parents. Though. Prides herself on being smart, and so when she's when she's feels like she's not living up to her potential, just, she's yeah. Just, as a psych person, just if your parents are like really congratulatory all the time and don't actually if they're too supportive then you've got to do it yeah then you have to do it if you can't trust any compliment that they're so it's there's such a thing you get I'm to the point saying. where a comp, you, you don't trust compliments because you heard them constantly. Yeah. You so don't you believe don't, them. So you so actually you, cannot, you, no one can affect you by complimenting you. Yeah, it doesn't you, get in anymore. You you have to kind of police yourself and it usually airs on the side of, I am fucking retarded. Three dollars. <laughs> Chloe has to buy a net. <laughs> Wait, does retarded count too? That's <laughs> an egg. Kyle has to buy a net. Chloe doesn't. What? <laughs> that, what? That is sexist. <laughs> I um I, I, I kind of question Hagrid's strategy. I mean, obviously it works. I question a strategy of trying to uh, heat an egg over a boiling pot of water. Yeah. Um, you could easily turn that into a scramble, but well, dragon, dragons, I get it. Dragons. He's resistant, but hey, yeah. yeah. 
In the chat room, Terrence Pinkston from MuggleNet says, isn't it funny how Hermione's parents were dentists, yet her teeth were so messed up in the first few books? <laughs> right. Well, that's no, England that's for the, you. They mentioned that. They refused to get them fixed for her because they were like, "That you don't need that. It's like a plastic surgeon not this giving not, not giving his necessary. kid a breast like augmentation or something. Like, ah, what? yeah, no. That I is not that. the same at all. Yeah, that, if you that were that a plastic surgeon, fast. would you give your daughter like B-cup boobs? What are you talking they about? They do, apparently. Like they're both cosmetic surgeries. That's what the... That's what the Reality okay, they're cosmetic procedures. Like. Okay, I'm just. Oh well, no, See? I uh-huh. think there's a difference between paying for your daughter's teeth and paying for a cosmetic breast implant <laughs> for your daughter. I like, like to make my were, own fun, Kyle. Okay, you don't know back, me. <laughs> back to the movie. I have a question that <laughs> hopefully maybe you guys can help me sort out in my head. I might just be missing something. The whole bit we were just talking about with okay, we found out what the uh, the Sorcerer's Stone is. This is Nicholas Flamel and all of that. Yeah. They make a point of saying he's, you know, celebrating his 650-whatever birthday. 665. And it's Harry Potter, or Dumbledore is famous also for working with Flamel on the Philosopher's Sorcerer's Stone. Mm -hmm. Dumbledore isn't that old. No. So at some point after, like, 500 years, did he suddenly have to, like, rejigger the stone? Um, It's... My That's brain always yeah. had issues. With... I think I think he worked with Flamel on on another topic. Okay, and that, Flamel that was no, no, no. famous for Flamel, the philosopher's Flamel. stone. Was it Flamel and Dumbledore who worked out the dragon's blood? I think that's what it is. Oh, okay. that they worked out. Sense. They worked out the dragon's blood together, and then Flamel, she she went down the the wizard Wikipedia hole. Okay. With, which is books, so, and, and, who, who, and he found is also that he's then also known, known for. for okay, yeah. that makes more sense because for some reason, all through the books that kind of caught on me and i was trying to remember wait how old is he even like four books in i'd be wait he's not that he's not like ancient, no he's not 100 because that defeats he's, the whole point of he's 115 whole, i believe yeah, yeah. he's yeah. still he really old but it, it defeats the whole well voldemort is trying to it's like no these guys don't aid you know they aren't immortal wizards they're just really old wizards well when you have the health care plan of magic yeah uh, that right. does tend to extend that, that does help yeah get out of here obama uh well no because I mean, it, Obama is a pretty magical name, if we're being honest. <laughs> Although his first name would be something like Barack Obama poof, sounds like, more like a spell, like poofly pants. Yes, <laughs> <mean> Barack <laughs> Obama. <laughs> Barackus Obamas. Are we going to get into the economics of the wizarding world at all? Uh, yes. None of that makes yes, any sense because they're identical to the ones of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, also <laughs> no, they make, no, they makes are. no sense. Matter, How's that? Why do they have vaults? Matter what? They have gold. Okay, well, uh, you can't make like. Food, water, or what's the third one? Shelter. Uh, you can make there, shelter. There's three things you can't make. With Life, food, like produce out of nothingness. No, you can do that. Yeah. In, in any case, go food on. Food and water. water. Whatever no, it is. No, you can do water. It's food. There's a couple. It, it's a thing. Um, Rock and roll. It, it works kind of like the matter replicators in that you know they can do pretty much everything, but not enough to the point where there's no more conflict anywhere. Yeah. Because there's still petty stuff. Well, that's why that's why they went into hiding themselves. Right. That they they were like if if. The Muggles knew about us. They would just want us solving all their problems. They'd put us in. They they'd make replicators by putting us in boxes and just asking <laughs> for stuff. And, and and bear in mind, not everyone can just magic everything into existence. I and mean, if the Sorcerer's Stone is remarkable for being able to transform anything into gold, you would think that that implies gold is difficult to make with magic. Right. That's not what that's it true. does in this movie at all. It does. I think well it does no. both. It can it can uh, well, maybe but that's not But then not when they're it, in a green god's vault later all everything just replicates itself. Yeah. So But, but not permanently. What do you, what do you mean? The that's di- a, that's a very temporary yeah. effect. That, yeah, and that the yeah. Gemino curse is is uh, Yeah, and that that, like that isn't just gold. replicating itself. It's also making it burning hot. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Leprechaun a, gold, you can make that, anyway, but it, it, it doesn't last. Just, like, conjure gold based on the properties of the right. Is like like he but mentioned just now, leprechaun gold. Leprechaun gold, which is given away like candy at the World Cup, disappears yeah. a couple days later. Yeah, she doesn't talk about it. Rowling doesn't address the the permanency of magic very much. Just now and then she sort of implies or, or sometimes outright says that things don't last very long and they they eventually go bad. Well, yeah, me and Mike were on, uh, or Mike and I, were on the, uh, po- the MotherNet podcast Aloha Mora a couple weeks ago talking about uh, a chapter in Goblet of Fire. And one of the things we ended up talking about, I don't know if it ended up in the episode, but we had a good conversation about it, was, okay, let's be real specific about what Transfiguration can and cannot do, because if you can just make anything into anything else, like what happens to that to that dog's like consciousness when you change him into a desk? And like if you change a desk into a yeah. dog... Desk pig. Yeah, it's apparently exactly. a big thing in right. the community. I've had a... Uh, a couple discussions about this in depth with, uh, with with people who are big into Potter. And one of the questions I have is, what is the difference between being able to turn yourself into an animal and being able to turn yourself into the same animal, like, consistently? Like, like between, like, a transfiguration and an well, anima- uh, animagus thing? Is it animagus or animagus? Animagus is. is how they say it. Animagus. Okay, so what I, what I assume the difference is, uh, you could probably, like, Cedric turns turns... No, Crumb turns part of himself into a shark. Yeah. and The and wrong part, by the way, but we'll get there. No, <laughs> no, that's the part you would want to be a shark if you've got to be underwater for a long time. <laughs> no, he didn't have, in the movies at least, he has, he has feet as yes. opposed to a big fin to push you around. Yes, you yeah, know what else yeah. he had? Gills. Gills, yeah. That's, that's helpful. <laughs> well, why doesn't he, he should have done, the, we'll get to it in Goblet. He should have done it long ways. So it's like one gill on the side <laughs> and half a fin on the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you're talking about the, 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 the he weird. He was trying to go. All, the, the weirdness mistake, of transformations. Though. Well, they treat they treat transfiguration as being something that's fairly limitless, but you have to be just real good. Yeah, like McGonagall is is amazing at it because obviously she can turn herself into a cat all the time. And well, she, she's an animagus. Yeah, she is an, one of the one of the. Let's see. She's registered. Four. But one yeah. of the four that we're introduced to in the books. Uh, Let me point out, by the way. Sure. Later on, Slughorn says that one unicorn. Hair. hair is worth 10 galleons yeah yes. so there's like a giant fortune lying there yeah well well hair but hagrid doesn't isn't aware of that and also right. hagrid hagrid could make a lot of money off of, like when aragog dies like his, the yeah the, the acromantula venom yeah, yeah. god we are this this is not so great with uh the the ooh. yeah this is, this is voldemort like this. really this is how voldemort Confronts Harry Potter for the first time. Yeah, it's a, but it's he's only okay. a wraith. I get. I don't it. mind yeah. him being barely corporal. No, I mean, it, no he, it, the wraithness yeah. is not that bad. It's the it's the fact that it feels like a haunted house, like yeah, hanger effect, on strings. All in all, I want to say um, they did not have, in my opinion, the best wire crew because with Hagrid's motorcycle at the very beginning and this cluck clunk, it's, it's a very yeah, it's just a very. Um, the motion of it is just very jerky, like right there too. That's just that's just a base. That's a, a pull with wire crews. You want to have like stabilizing wires as well to give it a real fluidness. This you can tell they're just on like the the, the harness that just attaches to what, like on each side of your hip. It, um, but yeah, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't. It, it's not the best. It's not the cleanest wire work. It really is a shame that Lord of the Rings came out so cl- Fellowship came out so close to this because in this movie you also have a troll, but Lord of the Rings troll is way scarier, <laughs> and then you also have wraiths and. It, Right. Lord of the Rings, they're way scarier. Also true. It's also ultimately different interpretations of the fantasy tropes. Like orcs yeah. in various universes can mean so many different things. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I mean there are goblins in both. Goblin movies, trolls. And that's yeah. Bane does not look great here. No, they, it was a, it was not a great choice to decide. Okay, we're just gonna do one long shot of this uh, CG character who I, I guess de- at least deserves credit for being the CG character, whereas. Uh, uh, 
people uh, usually talk about Dobby as yeah, being the first, true. but but Bane was really well. I think they're uh, benefiting a little bit, aren't they, from it being dark and yeah, mood, moodily lit. He was the instrument of pixel good. liberation. Yeah. They now, definitely he has a neck beard. They definitely improved uh, the the centaurs in um, Order of the Phoenix. Order they the redesigned Phoenix, yeah. them, and I I will say I, I wouldn't be brokenhearted if the centaurs disappeared completely from the books. They don't really do anything, and I, d- I think they take up some time in the movies that isn't really necessary. It's well the the centaur. They're there to save your ass in yeah. the event of you need to do that. Right, like but it, it could have been anything else, and they're given a lot of time and attention that doesn't really pay off or do anything. Just imagine that they're Andalites from Animorphs. Yeah. He calls him Forenze there, have but a in great, the book, uh, I'm sure it's Bane. For the no, 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 it is Forenze. You're right. It is Forenze. Bane is the, or Forenze. Bane is the one who's angry that he helped Harry. Yeah. Forenze is the, is the one who actually uh, engages with the humans, and, and Bane hates that. The, the, um, the Forenze is the one who who comes in as a teacher later right. in the, right. in the books. No, but I mean the centaur storyline. Uh, anything else aside, does theoretically have a good tie into the end of the Umbridge storyline? Yeah, in that uh, story good. Or... We're <laughs> gonna call that a good well, tie-in. Well, it, they the belong line. there. They need it, to. It, yeah, it turns them into the Sand People when they capture. Oh, whatever Anakin's mom's name is. <laughs> it, it makes them... Shmi, by the dirt. way. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. I'm sorry, people. I know these things. I mean, you know, uh, we'll talk about that when we get there, but they didn't They didn't kill her. Uh, uh, no, I totally thought they did when I read the books. I'm like, oh my God, uh, they took her away and killed her. Well, but what I'm, what I'm making reference to is up. a lot of people like interpreted it as kind of a rapey tribal thing. Which, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I don't like thinking Let's about that. Let's not do that. I've no. heard that come up a couple yeah, times. Actually. I think Cracked did, mentioned it, and I was like, oh. No. No, no. Yeah. Let's not think about that. Now we all are, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I mean, I mean. People, I will keep bringing up uncomfortable things like that until we have all the nets we need. See? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not I, I I will pull up slash fic on my phone right now. Well, there is there is a lot of centaur slash fic. I'm oh, not proud. Yes, I'm is. not proud to know that, but that is a thing. Yes, that is a fetish, and I'm not going to pretend I get it. But that is there. Are, there. Are, wow, that's a thing. All I'll say is poor Hermione. Oh God. Stop. <laughs> 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 now, it's. This is the this is the clearest that we kind of get a sense of the geography of. Uh, pre Quaron Hogwarts because he is uh, on a flat plane within visual distance of just you throw a football. Yeah, the 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 gates of Hogwarts, and then there's a whole there's a bridge, and then there's a hill and stuff. I prefer the more expansive, right? Because uh, what's the of point it. of him having a little shack that's right <laughs> yeah. next to the? Yeah, he's castle. like, I just can't, <laughs> I can't live up there. Sorry, the smell, I'm say. not allowed anymore. Ever since I opened the Chamber of Secrets, yeah. I gotta say, a great interpretation of the ever since the I whole turned Hogwarts, a kid into a pig. <laughs> the whole Hogwarts castle is if you haven't uh, played it, the Lego Harry Potter games do a really great job of creating an mm. open world mm. Lego-ish kind of world that you can just wander through, and they do all the common rooms and everything like that. It's like okay, that's actually kind of cool. I remember playing some of the early earliest video games for uh, for Potter. Is she giving a test to that school. ghost? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep them up on that. She could. That uh, ghosts have unfinished business. <laughs> that ghost cannot move on until it gets at least a pass on the transfiguration test. Well, I, I believe it has been two hundred years, and she is simply not applying herself. They cu- they cut him out of the uh, they cut him out of Chamber of Secrets the the film, but in in the and they have McGonagall take his place as the person who uh, oh yeah Bins yeah who right. tells the students about the chamber, but in the books it's a ghost who just 
woke up one day and was dead and was like, well, going to go to class anyway. Yeah, had no idea he was dead. That was, yeah, he just left his body behind. Which is such a sad commentary on like the daily grind. That Well, it's a sad com- I think I, I think it was meant also to be a commentary on like the public school system. Yeah. Being right. like, this is, this is a teacher who is so going through the motions that he can continue doing so even after his death for centuries. Even though he winds up being the only teacher to give out a valuable piece of information. About <laughs> yeah. Which made it made sense in that I, yeah. we'll get to that when we. It, when we I like that movie. concept. It was cool. Yeah, well, and and it makes sense that he would be the one to give it out as opposed to McGonagall just oh yeah Transfiguration. Class. Yeah, let's I, talk the, about the Chamber of oh, Secrets. Oh God, we got to stop talking about the future movies. Yeah, we're gonna be done at six. Yeah, no. Uh, no, no, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but Harry, uh, speaking of uh, you know him having his mother's eyes, described as having green eyes in the books, but they couldn't manage that in the. Uh, in the movies because they found him. They thought he was great. He had blue eyes and he couldn't deal with contacts. And they were like, yeah, I'm, yeah, with him, it. I'm with him, man. I'm with him. Oh, there's a net. The color doesn't matter. It's the match that what? matters. I now, just said the F word. <clears throat> while I was, while I was not make, while I was not burning my asparagus, I did hear Mike talk about, about editing. And I, I completely, uh, agree with like all the assertions you made. There's, there's a, there's a bit of lingering on just kind of a lot of the shots. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it gets better kind of in the second half of it once. But especially in the middle, you you they kind of get in this rut where it's like, well, we're just at the school and it was shot accordingly to where I feel like they almost had to. I love that. Good. Good for Neville. He is the most um, Gryffindorian of the Gryffindors. He really yeah. is. He totally is. Um, and, and there's been there's been ample and you also know, love that kid just to took that bump. Can it's I just say that is that is straight up that like was that, that was not a mat. That, that, no, he just he just he 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 did the Pepsi plunge. Yeah, uh, straight or the Nesty plunge, just straight back. That yeah. was a solid. He tucked his chin perfectly. Yeah. He had very little rebound. It was a very they, solid bump. They, I'll point out if you do that wrong, your head will hurt for the next yeah. week. There and, is it. There is a little bit, I guess, of of uh, digital trickery in the sense that his legs tended to come up when he hit the ground, right. so they actually had it so that he as remained you straight. Uh, yeah, as but, you would. Yeah. But he did do that. <laughs> that that's that a, is that kid doing that's a that's very straight. sophisticated they him, spell, though. They gave him. Uh, they, you can yeah. tell they gave him a little bit of padding on his back, just yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, underneath well, yeah, his under his, under, under his clothing. But the floor is a floor. Uh, but the floor, yeah, the floor. There's no there's no chicanery there. And in, in case you're not familiar with Kyle, Kyle is an actual pro wrestler, so uh-huh. there, you know. Yeah. He, he knows a little bit of what he speaks. A little bit. Is that why the beard? Or is the beard just for other the reasons? The beard is completely are... unrelated. It's just, <laughs> it's, just, it's just the aesthetics of being... It, it might feature if I ever if I ever get back into the... Although the beards in pro wrestling are a thing now. That's like the... Everybody's yeah, pretty everyone, big bearded. everyone had a beard for a while there. It, that was a fun week. Yeah. This no, a, it, it really was. Right. How do you I like how they convince themselves that Snape is the bad guy and just all the way through, they, they're just following that... <laughs> that, that, that line and it's completely wrong well yeah. to be fair he's wearing all black he's got greasy black hair he might as well be named like Professor Evil Dark yeah, yeah. like he's wearing eyeliner and sleeves that go down to like halfway down Which, his wrist oh, on well, top of that he's Alan Rickman yeah, yeah. Like, but, <laughs> I mean, it, it's just great that that they're wrong yeah. and yet they're doing all the right things to to actually solve the issue for themselves. Yeah. Like, no he's not trying to kill Harry sure he used to be a genocidal Nazi but he's not <laughs> trying to kill Harry but but I mean ultimately it does it does come to the same thing where it's like okay somebody's trying to get the stone we'll just go ahead and assume it's Snape whereas whereas later on um, one of the I think the great things about the development of the story is they are they turn out to be wrong about things they turn out to be right. wrong about what they think is going on and that has severe consequences yeah. for them as opposed to in this case where it comes to about the same thing that dog is terrifying 
It's actually much all of them right cuter now. than... Yeah, that's the most adorable Cerberus that has yeah. ever been. That's, that's fine, like, though, but imagine how terrified you would be yeah. right now. Have you ever had a small dog attack you? <laughs> I, I have two Shih Tzus who, yeah. thankfully, <laughs> oh, we were going to record this in my place, we thankfully yeah, avoided. <laughs> so. uh, I don't even want to say this, but I guess I have to. Do this it. is also a source of, of fanfic. Oh, please. Oh, oh Lord. I, it, come on. Well, no, dude, I mean, <laughs> Evil Dead got their way. I will say, oh, I will, boy. I will say, uh, if we're, if we're going to mention the fanfic thing, uh, Snape apparently was the most popular character to use. Hmm. He was, he was the number hmm. one. That may no longer be true. I this wonder is, if, this is a, this okay, is now a here's a question, here's a question, and I have a question ago, for the, for the YouTube people in the chat too, and all you Melanet folks. Hang well, on, two, they folks cut out the funniest line in the book right now, and possibly of the series. Oh yeah. Hermione, Because, because instead of, instead of sunlight, it's fire, and it's yes. established that she can do fire. Yeah. Which, and so, establish in the movie, and then give up like, on. He's like, oh, the, 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 they're, they're weak to fire, and he's like, so make fire, and she's like, I haven't got any wood, and he's like, are you a witch? So my question is, is the hardcore Snape fangirling, you know, Snape is a great Tumblr fixture these days. Mm-hmm. Does that happen in our mortal history before these movies are coming out? Before yes. it's Alan Rickman and before we know that it's he had this whole like forgotten it's love story bo- with before, Lily? It's Bear before the mind. love story. Girl, wait, it's why were girls? Now, this is something I just He's don't understand. He's the bad boy. Is that it? I mean, is I it, so. it just that we like the greasy prick? Just sort of uncritically, we That's like that guy? Yeah. Fig, Fig why, do you, why do you think you wore eyeliner in high school? And dyed your hair red. But I wasn't like, but and now the secrets come out. I guess this is true. And stole my girlfriend. Oh. You're getting married to oh. her, and well, you asked my mom to officiate your wedding. Well, yeah, no bitterness. We're <laughs> off topic, we might be getting sorry, just a little I'm away from saying, the point. I'm just saying it seems confusing. <laughs> to Let's me. save this till anyway, at least four a.m. Sitting right over here. Let's try <laughs> it. Seems, it, it just it seems. Yeah, and I'm officiating holdings. I'm, I'm officiating all the weddings. If you want me to marry you, I will. You guys, no, but like, will you marry me? That Snape thing. That Snape thing was happening even when he was just the the random. Because Filch is a jerk in the books. Why Snape? Like, when did that start happening? I figured it was just an Alan Rickman thing. No. Well, bear in mind first of all that. The well, there was always a question of as whether or not Snape was good or evil. Yes, that was that. that was a question established right here in the first book. Like you said, yeah. we think he's the bad guy, but it turns out he's kind of the good guy. But it, it, like even in the even in the book, Dumbledore's like I kind of don't know because uh, <laughs> Dumbledore goes uh, uh, or, or Harry's talking to him afterwards, and he's like, "Quirrell said that he tried to kill me, and Snape saved me. That is true." But I, th- but I thought Snape hated me. That is also true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's established pretty early on that like any the only uh, the only thing keeping him in line, keeping Snape in line, is just his, um, it's just his loyalty to Dumbledore. That obviously that right. th- more than anything, more than he hates Harry, he loves Dumbledore. No, it's it's not even it's that. his love it's, for Lily. But yeah, we, th- Lily. It, but, but we, we the, think the, at that point. in the process yeah. of the books, that's right, kind of what right. you the, you're sort of left to assume. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the the what we think is the betrayal later. That's why. Right. That's, that's why it so, lands so hard. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, is is I think uh, we'll get to it when we get to it. But I think that's definitely Rickman's uh, finest moment as Snape is that whole scene on the tower. Yeah. Um. Uh. So this, well, here here is his his secretness coming yeah. back for this story being right, important right. to this story. Now the challenges in the books. There was one that was left out uh, for reasons I totally understand. The potion challenge. The potion challenge is very uncinematic. How many times did you have to read that the first time? Well, if the, if the, if, if she's not going to draw it, if she's not going to draw it, then it's not going to. You can't riddle it out yourself. Right. You yeah. have to see it physically before you can. You can. Yeah, there should have been an illustration. It yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it was like the Pirates in the Caribbean game. Yeah. Uh, Pirates in the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Dead Man's Chest. The uh, 
the dice game. Oh, it, it was oh, like that, that game. Trying man. to figure that out and trying to figure out the potion puzzle. And in, in the movie, they actually like do like a two sentence line where they try to explain the rules, and you still don't get the game. I'm like, cut the lines, dude. If, if it's gonna be a completely impenetrable game you're doing, just let it be that, as opposed to trying to explain it but not. And it's yeah. It was this whole thing where there was like a wall of fire, and some of the potion would. There was like one potion that would just murder you instantly. Yeah. There was one potion that would let you cross through the fire. There, there was, was one, one po- potion, potion that would let you cross through the fire forward. One that would let you cross back. Yeah. Two, two poisons. Right. Two poisons. Yeah. It was similar. Two that were just uh, nettle root yeah. wine. It was very similar. Uh, nettle wine. To <laughs> the um, you have like a uh, a fox, a lamb, and a thing. I. Yeah. Hay, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to get them all three across the river without one of them eating each other. Yeah. Kind of a similar. But you can, if again, if there were an illustration because it was a whole thing, it was like the shape the, of the bottle. The, yeah, the shape of the bottle, the the height compared right. to the height next to it, and stuff like that. You need an illustration, otherwise you cannot puzzle it out as a right. reader yourself. And Did Hermione doesn't even like give you the answer. No, she, she just, just goes, goes oh, "Is this one? Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> well, well, she knows chess. Okay. She spends. There is a uh, an amount of time where she's like, she's thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Is it that one? Yeah, pretty sure. Get a drink it. Such an Indiana Jones move, to. too. Who, who set up the chess Who set challenge? up the new chess board? That's uh, I believe it was McGonagall. Would, or no, it would have been Flitwick. Sorry. Charms. For those who uh, for those who have played World of Warcraft, uh, and, and by the way, World of Warcraft is nothing except for just a giant blender of of all of the, that entire game is just nothing but the sum of its influences. Oh yeah, but the but Even I know that exactly because yeah, of all <laughs> the old god Lovecraft it's references. It's fun because it's like you're playing everything at once. Uh, but there was a, a a raid in a place called Karazhan where there was the chess event, and it was essentially this. Yeah, uh, and it was just it was all you had to do was just move the pieces around, and then they fought, and then once you cleared that, you moved past it. And that was a, a pain. Yeah, <laughs> I I think. I, I'm glad they didn't try to like, or, nor did they in the book d- turn it into a whole thing where it's like, here's how the chess game was played. It's like, no, nah, they played, and then he had to sacrifice look himself. Look at that's how cute yeah. Ron is. Like, I can't yeah. get over. He's like, adorable. He literally looks like yeah. an infant with hair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, my, my son has the same haircut. Actually, I just realized <laughs> that my son, my son Grayson, has the same hair. I love the look of these chess pieces too. They're, they're they remind me cool. of the Chinese. Uh, the, it's the, got a terracotta vibe to it. Army. Yeah, it's got a terracotta army vibe to it, but. Uh, it's better designed than that damn mummy movie. I'll say. I will say <laughs> when he actually gets hit, it's it's like this this sequence when you watch it with the sound and everything. It's a lot of just stage explosions. Yeah. And dust going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Explosion and, four, explosion seven, yeah. explosion nine. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> I have a quick announcement. What is uh, that? Thanks to a, de- a generous one hundred dollar donation by Jonas Hummelstrand, we have just gone over one thousand dollars. Hell yes. right. We are at a thousand sixty-five right now. Thank you, Jonas, and everyone else who's donated. There have been, been a couple, like John Maxwell threw in a hundred bucks. There have been a few really big donations, and thank you so much, you guys. Like, but I, I, every dollar helps, and we really appreciate all the uh, all the twenty dollar ones. All the twenty-five dollar ones are really, really good. Oh, a three-dollar yeah, one buys a net. No, so that's, that's yeah. good. We just I mean, need three. We just need. In a fact, bunch we, of we should do a thing ones. where we just start like having people sponsor our cusses. That's that should yeah. be a thing. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll now to go from gratefulness to hate, I hate how this sequence is edited. I hate the uh, slow yeah. pushes. Yeah. I, I hate the. I hate the. Where um, is that fire coming from? I hate the. Nothing could be burning. I hate the thirty-three frame dissolves. Oh no, the fire. The fire was around the around the. We've had it pointed out by. Uh, um, on our Twitter that McGonagall was chess, Transfiguration, Flitwick did the keys, he did charms oh, to enough. make the keys work. Uh, okay. so. 
Thank Wait, you, Lindsay Covington. Transfiguration. Anyway, guys, seriously, thank you for donating. I mean, we've been using words like like charity and it helps and things, but like really, you guys are saving people's lives right now. Like people are not going to be dead because, yeah. of, because of what you're doing right now. And Harry Potter. And that is the coolest thing. Here, let's like, see. Like legitimately, really, really cool. And um, this is uh, as as um, Darben is. Yeah, a thousand dollars buys oh. over three hundred nets. We've bought we've bought three hundred nets today so far. Woo. Uh, but this is this is the only opportunity that that Ron gets to to really shine. Otherwise, he's he's and look how brave support. he is. Yeah. In the later in the later stories, he's constantly yeah. af- frightened. It, well, well. To be fair, he's after this point, he's kind of like, okay, he was it's like, for yeah, real. That didn't work out. I, I thought it was. I thought it was fun. Then I almost got killed by a chess yeah. piece. Yeah, the and way, now the way the queen picks up her her mace is horrifying yeah. <laughs> like she's going to hit a 10 year old with that thing and i'm uh and also to be fair the rest of the time he's afraid it's spiders yeah yeah spiders exactly. like you know well in the second movie yeah <clears throat> although but, i think they cop it out here she doesn't actually hit him i think she like stabs, she stabs the, the horse, horse and which the i'm horse like explodes. why does that hurt him <laughs> well it explodes so he it throws him why doesn't he get off on the floor like, why doesn't he leave why don't they just leave? Yeah, you'd think he'd be able to be like, He's an I'm honorable get off wizard now. playing wizard's chess. <laughs> Look at his face. He's so cute. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, that's not super convincing. And yeah. That was not. That him, was by the not way. Rupert. That was like a 17 no. year old kid. <laughs> don't move. We're still playing. Yeah. I love that moment. That's a, And that's. That that's similar. Super screw this up, Hermione. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, early indication that you know Hermione and Ron, like it's starting here. Yeah. What she's telling oh. them what to do all the time? No, that they're oh. gonna wind up, you know, having babies. I thought it was. I, I thought it was a cute. Uh, I thought it was a cute thing that they brought back. Um, she's and this was not intentional, and and uh, at this point may not have even been an intentional callback in. Uh, Half Blood Prince, but she's she tells him about like the dirt on his nose, and then yeah. Half Blood uh-huh. Prince, he's constantly being like, "You got stuff on your face." So right. there's like a little uh, callback there. But there's like seven movies of nothing but Ron and Hermione haranguing each other. Yeah. That is not going to be a happy marriage. Oh <laughs> well, then I'm screwed because <laughs> that's all I do with my. Uh, good luck. Yeah. So so here. But he really isn't a great wizard. No, he's, he's a terrible no, wizard. Actually, the whole thing the whole thing about it is that he's a great person, and that's what saves him. Not that he's a great wizard. <laughs> that he's a great person. I mean, he's not great he's person not a... with really good wizard friends. Yes. Yeah. Well, th- that's the whole thing. As as opposed to Voldemort, Voldemort has to be the best wizard ever Second. because he has no friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, Harry Potter does not have to be that great of a wizard because he makes great friends. Yeah. Yeah, and right. even though throughout the movie they keep calling him a great wizard, in this first movie he never casts a single spell. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. I hadn't even thought Harry? about that. that. Uh, never not uh, once? No, that's not true. Well, Wait, Guardian does he? Guardian Guardian the IMDb Mabiosa. trivia, when he Guardian never casts Mabiosa. a single spell. That's no, don't that's wrong. We don't actually see oh, yeah, that. Oh my God, I think you're right. Well, wait, Harry accidentally opens a drawer at Ollivander's, you guys. Oh, right. He blows open a door holy crap that's take crazy. that imdb wow <laughs> i'm so mad huh. that that's a thing sorry what? That what? Just, I, no that that he doesn't cast a spell in oh. this movie and no. that someone noticed and that someone felt smart for a point it just i don't know that irked me no i like it everything that's, about a, that's it, a cool huh? that's a really cool point why I is think. that cool because it's interesting it's a movie about a boy who becomes a wizard yeah and he doesn't and actually no it really be apparently. a wizard <laughs> i will say quarrel doesn't feel developed enough in this movie no i agree I watched it again, I was i'm like, sorry who doesn't yeah quarrel 
No, that's what I was doing. That's I, mean, I was doing a thing. Gentleman's name. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Gentleman. I just at the end of this movie, it seems like remember that guy who was kind of comic relief in the background sometimes. Well, doing a really bad stutter. Yeah. Let's yeah. face it, they're not they're not really helped out by the book in this case. He's really not that prominent also true. in the book. There's a little the only, more. The There's... only real plot point that you might be able to add back is the okay. Every time we pass him in the hall, we want yeah. to cheer him up so that we because we think Snape is trying to wear him down. There's more a sense of a presence. There's more a sense of connecting him with the stone. They think that, like you True. say, he's helping to protect the stone, so and Snape is trying to wear him down. True. So but, there's more of that plot. But but, going but on. other than that, which is more of a, an underlying current, there really isn't any other story points that you can really build right. him up in. You just need to you just need to be aware of him more, yeah. see him more, yeah. yeah. And or he's add scenes for him. He's possessed now by Voldemort, right? He's, he's not got, an evil person. He's not uh, a death eater, right? Well, no, Voldemort Voldemort he's, has taken taken over his body, but right. um he couldn't have done that if Quirrell hadn't let him in. I don't I don't know Ooh. that that's true. I think I think Voldemort probably was strong enough to to overcome even they're, as a, they're talking to each other and arguing with each well, other. Well, now they are. I think I think he's come to the point where he's been subjugated by Voldemort. I don't think he started he, this well, way. Yeah, I don't think he was evil, but I think he was seduced by the dark side. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like, what choice does he have? He's like, okay, Voldemort is living in my brain. Yeah. I had, I had better, I had better get on board with this <laughs> because well, it's books, my only way it, out. It's relatively impressive how vague and yet how powerful the Imperius Curse is described as being. Right. It's really a right. once you're hit, you're kind of well. There yeah. you go. And it's this a, a weird it. thing is that you can kind of daisy chain Imperius curses too. Like yeah, you can you Imperius can someone who can Imperius someone else yeah. for you. And, and that's basically like how that. they took the ministry. This yeah. makes no sense in the movie. It is explained in the book. Not much better though. A, a little bit by it makes yeah. sense to the, me. The, like he, uh, Dumbledore has put some sort of a charm on the stone so that the only way you can get it is if you. Don't want to use it yeah. for any reason. You can only get it if you want to. If you want to protect save it, it and protect yeah. it, yeah. If you if you have have it in your mind that you want to use it, you see yourself using it. So he, here's the thing: the fact that Harry actually gets the stone mm-hmm. is a bad thing, then, because now the stone is at risk, and yeah. it wasn't at risk now, before. It was trapped in the mirror before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, so oh, this has a nose. Yeah. Voldemort say, does have a nose. He was not obviously. Uh, I will Fine say wasn't. I like this Voldemort better because I never envisioned Voldemort as a bald snake man. I think that's mm. how he was described. He's described as a bald yeah. snake he's man. He's not really as having, having nose. black hair and and no thin. really not what's yeah once yeah. he's back he's he's I'm, bald snake man. I think someone I, in the I chat will, will I, that's, affirm. I always imagined him looking like you know red eyed but like like you know pale. Who's a good one? Uh, can't think of his name right now. How about Aldous, the guy from Smashing Pumpkins? Aldous Snow, who, who plays? <laughs> oh, Russell Brand. Yeah, Russell Brand. Like, like pale Russell Brand with red eyes wanting to kill you. We're getting the fact checking department on that. That right would now. be a weird casting um, choice. We have a Kindle with all the books on it. Well, I don't. I don't think it should actually be Russell Brand. Although that would be amazing. <laughs> oh, I can touch Here, you here's, now. Here's the thing. Like, here's and here's sort of to not put too fine a point on it, but I think. You know the the I think my verdict on Columbus in general in these both of these movies is nothing is bad, but when you read some of the set pieces in the book, and even as you're watching them here and how he's interpreted, it's more about missed opportunities. It's more yeah. about just a little bit extra oomph yes, could have. Yes. There's never really accentuated like this scene. This scene looks like oh, uh, there's the there's the the wolf uh, plume, flumes you got in the background or the fire flumes you got in the background. That's cool, and you're on a really cool set. But I feel like I'm on a set. I don't feel like I'm lived in just yet. And I feel like a lot of the bigger set pieces in this movie 
They're not bad. They're just they're not what they could be, and and what later movies would sort of get out of them. No, go ahead. Yeah, we got to set up with the. Uh, okay, so it's not a full description, but uh, the thin man stepped out of the cauldron, stared at Harry, yada yada yada. Um, uh, da, 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 whiter than a skull, with wide, livid, scarlet eyes, and mm-hmm. a nose that was flat as a snake's, with slits for nostrils. Lord Voldemort had risen again. That sounds yeah. like the movie. See, when I read, so that, they say you say the you say like a skull, and that's why he's bald. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. When well, I when yeah. I read that, I, I didn't imagine it as no nose. I imagined it as a flat nose. Um, well, that's. I mean, what's the uh, difference well, okay. ultimately? Um, this works. Like I a think, flat I think human nose work. instead of having an actual Although this, snake nose. Uh, okay. I've, I've, I think I've, Rowling probably like, had an opinion on it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm just saying that's a different... I like it better here. I think well, this guy... Yeah. He, he just looks eyes. like a guy with red eyes. I don't see what the difference... What, what well, his nose is going to be kind of This flat. is pretty horrific for kids' fair. Yeah. This, you know I mean? this, this is also not explained. This is the worst thing that happens to anyone in the movie. Yeah, so this is bad. And this actually does a little bit of... You know, it's not it's not completely destructive, but <sighs> Harry should not see this because he should be able to see the Thestrals now. Yeah. He he in the also book true, right. in the yeah. book he loses consciousness before Quirrell oh, dies. Oh, that's yep. right, and he wakes up and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so he the fact that he's seen this now introduces a plot hole into the fact that he well, can't see the Thestrals. Shouldn't he have been able to see the Thestrals the whole time, considering his parents were murdered mm-hmm. in front of him? No, because he point. didn't understand it. There was a okay. thing. There's a. There oh, you a have to understand it, Mike. That. Okay. Yeah. Well, is I, I forget the exact <laughs> oh, word. Oh, is the, is the, the Thestral the connection song. supposed to be you suffer a loss from death, or you actually just see death? Because they sure say anyone who's seen death, but but it's more seen and understood. What? Because he didn't really remember. Yeah. What is this? What is this that just happened to him? And why? He's not traumatized by. It. No, like, did, did we all just see the smoke yeah. thing go through him for no reason? Yeah, and that did a thing for something. Yeah, that doesn't something make any sense because they didn't know they didn't know what Harry's connection to Voldemort was at this time. So the explanation so. in the book, and I can't remember if it comes now or if it comes in like in Deathly Hallows. No, or it comes but, in the next um, scene, basically. It's that uh, since Harry is still protected against Voldemort, Voldemort cannot touch him. Yeah, without. What we just saw. There's I guess, the pr- the protection being destroyed. The protection that his mother gave him when she sacrificed herself, uh, basically lives in his skin, in his, his blood. Which is love. Which is why, and and uh, again, us in the fan community reading it, we're like, that's got to be Dumbledore's lying again. There's got to be more to it than that. <laughs> and right. and it turned out at the end, it's like, nope. There's that's just a love. It's love. It saved him and whatever. Well, no, the yeah. same thing in the Deathly Hallows at the very end when he explains he has a little bit of your blood in him, so right. he's like you. So. Yeah, there is a well. He he, yeah. He, that's why Voldemort specifically takes Harry's blood as part of his uh, resurrection we, uh, ceremony because yeah. he thinks that will give him it give works. him the power, and it does work. Um, but it also uh, as in the books, it it also presents a problem for him. But yeah. uh, in the movies, they don't really get into it. <laughs> so. Yeah, Dumbledore is about. We're we're basically at the at the point where it begins that. Uh, although I think it's really in the in the third movie where the the mysteries decide not to explain themselves that much. <laughs> Even though it's a mystery story, there's there's the kind of scene where it's like, okay, and here's what was going on the whole time, and here's how we figured it out, what the clues are. Yeah, and uh, we we skip a little bit of that here, but there's not. 
not too bad. I mean, this this movie is mostly just about the introduction to the world, and mm-hmm. there's a bad man, and you have to stop the bad man, um, and he stops the bad man, and the end. Um, there's some bits that are left out, uh, but ultimately they're not that important, especially for later on. Yeah, in the later books, um, Rowling really reveals her madness for... <laughs> explanation like like i didn't just make that up there's a whole reason for that and the the thing is the reasons aren't really very good most of the time and they're it's just page after page of dumbledore or somebody else explaining in great detail often being questioned very extensively by harry or some other character about why exactly this but why did you do that oh but then okay but based on that why did you do that it's like she's answering uh, fan questions from her mail or something which she was and we were glad for it (laughs) (laughs) believe you me well i mean that's a good point we could talk a little bit about whether we think jk rowling rowling sorry is is actually whether she is a good writer whether it's if there's something to the success popularity uh of harry potter more than her ability as a writer well, what is th- it there's it's, send your there's, cards and letters to <laughs> no no I, I, there's something to I, be Kyle believe, I believe that she has more talent as a as an author than your average person does because that first harry potter <laughs> manuscript with phrase. Uh, <laughs> no okay Here's i'm saying it. that she wasn't she doesn't come from an authorship background so there are flaws to the way she re- okay, here's the thing fine, here's the thing whatever. here's it look here's what it i is. flew She's to california to talk about this for 24 hours She's, yeah i clearly hate I, her. yeah what you have to think what you have to think what you have to consider here to me that part of the difference is that that um there's a difference between you can look at these stories as as fantasy, like epic fantasy, and certainly they become that, especially in the movies. What the movies I feel like uh, don't necessarily get is that it's also an epic mystery. Mm-hmm. She's writing mystery novel. It's more that she's writing mystery way, novels yeah. yep. that take place in a fantasy setting yes. than that she's writing fantasy. It, it novels. really is kind of like a kid's. Dashiell Hammett, like it's yeah. kind of like a noirish. Or, I mean, not or, noir, but like just or a, Agatha Christie. Agatha Christie is a great comparison. And Agatha Christie, yeah. Well, and Agatha, and Agatha Christie novels always have that scene at the end where where Poirot comes out and says, yeah. "Okay, here's yes. what happened," and they come and they come and like, "Oh, That's but what true. about this? Ah, yes, uh-huh. I thought you would ask me. Well, this <laughs> and blah. and so so those are the structures of these books, and yeah. I think in that that they work uh, on that level. Um, certainly, certainly, as fantasy epic, you know, it was sword and sorcery kind of tales. It's kind of like, and now we're going to sit down and explain everything that just happened. And you're like, what? But as as mystery novels, I think they work very well. I think there's also a a huge <laughs> difference in in tone and and everything like that uh, as the books move along, which is something that okay. yeah. uh, really, really, really worked out for me because I think I might be the youngest person here either way i'm younger than most people here so i i matched up with uh harry's age in the books pretty well as each book came out it was a little it was a little wonky there at the beginning because uh the the books the first three books came out relatively close together compared to the other ones um but because of that she was kind of writing towards me because she was writing harry growing up as i grew up and then you kind of see that in um in the movies as well, but I definitely think she improved as as an author as it went on. Yeah, Can and I just uh, jump in real quick. I just want to say before we leave this scene, I'm all for the classic witch hat. <laughs> yes, yes. Without the this brim, is a dunce hat. Without the brim, yeah, <laughs> really don't work. This is a dunce hat, and and it's like dumb clansmen. Dumbledore, like, yeah. Dumbledore is wearing a Santa hats. hat. Yeah. By the way, 
Yeah, the hat thing, they, they chose not to do the hat thing later on. They, I, I really think they just gave them these hats so that they could right. throw them up in celebration. Yes, at the end that of is exactly scene. it. That's yeah, the only yeah, reason yeah. they have hats in this scene. Was that, I mean, because I don't remember in the book the, the brimless hat being a thing or like a signature of rank nope. or anything like no. that. Yeah, I don't no. remember that being In fact, in I believe the only people that like I believe really they, wear them are McDo- McGonagall and I the believe the hat. kids are described as wearing hats, br- like just offhand in, in one of the descriptions. To address Kyle's point or question uh, directly and seriously, I, I found myself getting frustrated with the way that Rowling um, insisted on playing out conversations with, with all of the back and forth. Over and over again, she has Dumbledore interrupt Harry oh. whenever he says Snape. Uh, she, he right, interrupts Professor him and Snape. says, Professor Snape, Harry, yeah. over and over again. Whenever uh, Hermione and, and Harry, or whenever Harry says Voldemort, Ron yeah. or somebody else interrupts him and says, don't say his name, and over and over again. And But even aside from those things, she has these conversations play out um, back and forth as volleys instead of summarizing them. Whereas in the first book, when I went back and looked at the first book again, I was struck by how much summary there is. Like mm-hmm, when they right. when they when they um, meet Charlie and give him the dragon, that's a paragraph long. Mm-hmm. I legit feel bad for the Slytherin kids uh, in yeah, this one. I legit, yeah. It's kind of honestly. <laughs> this part <laughs> bothers me a little bit, to be honest with you. Honestly, they are students at your school. Man. I feel bad for the Slytherin kids in general because yeah. not all of them doesn't mean you're evil. Are all no. get well, sorted. it does apparently, as far as everybody else is concerned. No, they're, they're, yeah, we never see a sympathetic Slytherin. Yeah, uh, Horace Slughorn. That's true. We only find out later. Yeah, well, and we, see, we see evil. We see evil people from all the houses, and we see good people from all the houses. Uh, but go- all the houses, ha- all the houses hate Slytherin, and even the professors hate. Every time, <laughs> right. every time McGonagall says Slytherin, she never just says Slytherin. She As always Slytherin. goes Slytherin. Right, Slytherin. Right, Slytherin. Right. She's got a sneer in her voice. Bear in mind, there's also a uh, a sports rivalry there as well, and Slytherin has been dominant. Ah, that's so a good point. Say, so they're the Yankees. Point. So when you say screw right. Slytherin, Yankees, you Yankees. might be saying screw Manchester United or whatever Manchester. I guess that's true <laughs> I don't know I don't know is that so this if you look Ma- at, Man- if you look Ma- at Ma- uh, Manchester was pretty dominant if you look I've, at Emma Watson sports ball but yes sorry if you looked at Emma Watson right there this was the first thing they shot and they were trying to be so this was the first day yeah, yeah. oh does she they have the teeth trying to be so true to it that she had the teeth she has the teeth if you if you look interesting because um, Hermione obviously is described as having buck teeth in the books and it's kind of a m- miniature plot point in the in uh, Goblet of Fire that she you know she fixes she got her them. Fixed. She yes, gets her right, teeth yeah. fixed, and then and then she's she, pretty. Harry's got a bit of a gets unibrow. Cursed with a yeah. She gets cursed with long spell. teeth, and then she has Madame Pomfrey make them just you know keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> no, no, not quite there. No, I know you think so, but no. And then, okay, yeah. Now stop. Um, Which, and then why couldn't she do that? <laughs> yeah, really. But um, uh, I guess her parents didn't want her to do that, so she didn't want to. But she's like, but if Madame Pomfrey does it, I'm not breaking any rules. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, this was the first. So she still had it, and she was, you know, she was game for it. And they're like, "We're not doing this for four years. Nope, <laughs> forget it. Take him out. Let her talk." Yeah, that would have been terrible. Yeah, that would have been a big mistake because it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. No. So well, Ron's got a completely different nose than he's consistently right. described. Oh yeah, he's having. described as having a really long nose. And oh, he's got like he's got a little exactly. Oh, yeah, supposed to be tall. A little button nose. Teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going home. Harry says, "Not really." 
Radcliffe, Radcliffe's smile, I think, home. is just like the 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 like that. It's like okay, that's Harry. Like yep. just yeah. the smile more than any other like individual feature. It's a really because I don't. When I, I, I think of Harry Potter, Potter, I don't think of him smiling at all. No, I do actually. That I think of him right being there. optimistic and friendly he's, in spite of all of that. And that's, that's the like thing. so central to his character. Yeah, he's much happier in the books than he is in yeah. the movies. The movies, he is a he's very down, he's man. a much somberer character. And like even when he even bef- even pre Hogwarts, he's he's not described as depressed. He's just like, yeah, I'm mean, just a kid. And he's his yeah. situa- he is never really aware of how much his situation sucks or if he does. Until he comes to Hogwarts. Until he comes like, to Hogwarts wow. like, oh my God. And that's and that's why that's what makes the last line work so well. Wait a minute. I'm the wizard king and I've been living in a closet? Hell yes. I'm but yeah, seriously. Wait a second. Uh I'm gonna stay at the I'm gonna stay at the place where I'm the wizard king. Y'all have summer school, or like you have a. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit like Narnia. It's like yeah. we don't want to come out of the wardrobe and be a lame old kid again. Right. Especially been twenty years in here. Come yeah. On. Especially because Narnia time lasts so much longer. They yeah. spent a hundred years reigning as kings and queens. And yeah. It's like Produced by Solid back Snake. Back to primary school. Cool. So this has been the first movie extended edition. Woo! Uh, if, you know, I didn't. Know, I, I I know it's kind of odd because I don't actually get a chance to talk that much throughout these because I'm too busy running the board and all that. But the the first and second movie are are probably my two least favorite uh but oh, let's talk but, about that but while it's more, we're, while but it's we're more in terms this, yeah. of i i tend to like the harry potter movies uh and and they're just the ones that i like the least i do appreciate them very much for the world building they did i think columbus brought in his cast and crew and his art department and all those guys knocked it out of the park uh i'm a little let down by uh, by rickman but i can live with it because you know what am i going to do not live with it come on and it's just they kind of sit flatly for me. They're not very inventive. They're not very interesting. They kind of, they're very easy. But I guess that's also basically their sterling quality, which is to say they have to be incredibly accessible and and slightly straightforward because for one thing they're kids' books, and right now the demo is eleven. And for two, we need to establish something like a canvas for this series to operate on, so that new directors can come in with new colors and paint on it in different ways. And this is a very straightforward canvas version of the Harry Potter universe. It's like here's everything without many liberties taken. Enjoy. Although they didn't know they were doing that. I mean, yeah. when they started out, Chris Columbus totally thought he was going to do all seven movies. Which right. uh, yeah. How adorbs y'all. But, yeah. 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 You're going to dedicate the rest of your career to this. Yeah. Yeah. So I like this movie fine. I'll watch it when it's on, but it's not one of my favorites. Kyle, how does this one stack up for you in the overall series? Uh, it, it, I, you know, I'm going to have to say it's probably my least favorite. Uh, well, no, I probably second least favorite. It, it's a perfectly adequate Harry Potter movie, but the, the thing... I, the thing is, I've I've never been wild on any of the movies because I was just such a fanatic for the books. And once I'd read uh, *Goblet of Fire*, once the ending of *Goblet of Fire* hits you in that book, and then you go to the theater and see this, yes. you're like, "This, why do I care about these movies at all? This is baby stuff." Guys, Voldemort. Guys, yeah. guys. Voldemort is back, you guys. Yeah, seriously, we we can't be in the theater guys, anymore. Voldemort guys, has climbed out guys. of the box. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, I've I've never actually. Before this, I hadn't watched any of these movies more than once. I don't think. Right. So, uh, but the books I've read probably, uh, no kidding, at least twenty times a piece. Is there a th- uh, is there a one particular thing that you think this movie nailed, like particularly nailed? Casting. Yeah. yeah. Of course. I mean, uh, yeah, we can quibble. I, I'm with you on Snape. I think it could have been a lot of other people could have been Snape. I think a lot of other people could have been Dumbledore. But I think Alan Rickman could have done a different Snape. Yeah. I mean, uh, but the truth of the matter is, uh, they cast. 90% of this cast and kept them for all of those movies. And even the ones that started out as kids who could have been anybody wound up being decent. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if there's one thing that this movie nails, it's that this, you will never, ever, ever until he's 75 years old, see Dan Radcliffe do anything and not go. 
It's Harry Potter. <laughs> Ever. He can play James Bond later in his career, and that'll be great, and I, I hope he does because I don't think he should be typecast because I think he's a good actor, but he is Harry Potter. Yeah. He embodied it 100%. You will never read a Harry Potter book and not imagine Radcliffe. Ever. Cool. Now, uh, Derek, I'm just going to call you Zarban here to fourth. Zarban. Where does uh, where does sorcerers philosophers philosophers stone sit in your movie paradigm or pantheon? Um, I am a Chris Columbus apologist, to be honest. Um, I, I I like these movies. I think they they're perfect for the eleven year old, twelve year old Harry and the audience. You know, they're and they're a great introduction to it. So, um, I was looking for the films to break out of Hogwarts after the second film and they kind of stayed with Hogwarts because I didn't know anything about the books. I didn't read the books before before seeing the movies. So to me, this is a great introduction to what comes later on and gets more complicated and gets more mature and adult. Um, so I, I, I like them, but there's but they sit sort of in the middle of the of the list for me, I suppose. Really? Like what kind of stuff goes way below this? Wait, what's your least favorite movie? My least favorite movie is Order of the Phoenix just because I really cannot stand that character of umbridge and there's way too much there's way too much screen time and i don't believe that wizards would cow to her yeah um, okay just i was just curious if, if these are in your middle what, what kind of stuff's on the bottom right, right on we're gonna have a conversation about mm-hmm. wrestling bad guys. i love the end. yeah oh, seriously uh, umbridge is umbridge. top heel oh god she's the greatest <laughs> heel in all right michael dorkman scott yes. where does sorcerer stone sit for you um it's pretty low for me just because i think I I think other other films uh, coming later did it better, but then again, other films had the benefit of looking at this one and standing on its shoulders and going, "Right, oh, I can do better than that." <laughs> you know, uh, it sets a high bar. It does set a high bar, especially for its time. I mean, you know, you you gotta think again. Um, people did not make fantasy movies until yeah. Lord of the Rings and this movie were made. I mean, essentially concurrently and so and then they made all of them and then and then you guys remember nothing, aragon so. that happened yeah <laughs> peter jackson and the so it's, compass that's when you t- take a 17 year old's writings and make a movie out of yeah it. so this was so this was all things considered pretty daring and stuff that they hadn't done before and each movie actually pushed uh i mean the the london visual effects community nowadays the fact that it exists practically is yeah. almost due entirely to to Harry Potter and the, the specifically especially the fact that it exists at the level that it does because it the the these movies advanced so much and and these companies advanced so much with it um so it's you know it's it's something you can appreciate looking back but at the same time it's not something that I am likely to watch a lot I mean I reviewed all of the movies going into this for today except for this one i didn't watch this one again because i was because like you don't need I, to i got it yeah <laughs> i know this good. one um you and say uh, this about chris columbus movies they're simultaneously very easy and very difficult to remember yeah that's yeah, the thing exactly. he didn't he didn't screw this up and that's yes. the important thing to do with he this. didn't screw it up and, as and opposed many people could have as opposed to not that not that it's nearly on this level and i'm sorry for for people who are fans of this one but the percy jackson series yes um which he directed which yeah. he directed the yeah. first one of which apparently survived they they did come out yeah, with the sequel um, out, yeah. they managed to get a sequel out of that which is more than you can say for his dark materials but uh that one he very very nearly dropped the ball on and and you know kind of uh, messed up a little so this being fairly straightforward um maybe is exactly what 
people needed. If yeah. if it had been too crazy at the time, it might have been too scary because again, these weren't the kinds of movies that people were used to seeing. Yeah, at the th- time. there's every possibility that this could have just been completely it could have completely destroyed the material. I mean, I, Golden Compass at, at the time. <laughs> no, at the time, kids' movies like this. I mean, it wouldn't have been unrealistic for Ron to pull a face and there be a slide whistle. And like honestly, yeah. two years. Like, hey, it's pretty it? close to that happening in yeah, Chamber of yeah. Secrets. A couple, a couple times. years before this, or whenever it was, we had a Star Wars movie where they were like, "We need a kid to play." the most right, important right. role in this franchise yeah. and the cast Jake Lloyd and I went to high school with Jake Lloyd uh, nice guy I guess but the thing is like what it's if a pretty, they that's cast, a pretty strong I guess what, <laughs> yeah well, not to cast aspersions listen to the first episode of uh, the this podcast ever and there will be an allusion to a story about that yeah but uh, yeah I'm just saying you know they could have made a lot of mistakes that they didn't and because of that we got a. We got the rest of the series. Yeah, we yeah. got the rest of the series. Cool. Let me throw it to Eddie, Mr. Yeah. Doty. How is this one in your uh, in your stack of movies? <clears throat> you know, I, Mike. Mike sums it up well in the sense that it's it does exactly what it needs to do. There's a difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. And I think this is, is a, a movie of a uh, perfect case of not to damn it with faint praise, but to just say, yeah, you you you. It's a solid B minus B <laughs> across the board. So it's just you're kind of decent at everything, not wonderful at at any particular thing except for the casting the casting is where he sort of had an opportunity to sort of spike the ball and he did um is this the movie you like hey i feel like watching harry potter i'm gonna put on a harry potter movie no never <laughs> uh is it the worst in the franchise no not at all i i, I hold chamber of secrets slightly below this um but it's also it's also not <clears throat> it's also it, it's it's certainly not bad and it's not a source of bad memories i liken it very much to like the first hunger games movie and then the the level of improvement that you've gotten to to catching fire. There's nothing wrong with the first Hunger Games movie. It's yes, fine. There is. Oh yes. Well, okay, you, th- <laughs> oh, we can have yes, that discussion. But I'm saying like there's it it does it in terms of adapting the material and being what it is. It's it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it, it. This one got us to the races, and you can't you certainly can't say anything bad uh, about it for that. So. Cool. Now, of course, for the live stream purposes, we're going to keep going. This is not the end of the episode for realsies, you guys, because this episode <laughs> is 24 hours long. But for the people in the future, eh, you know, this is the end of the episode. So thank you very much for listening to What Are You Doing Movie. You can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. There's a brand new episode of one of our shows every single week. Twitter.com slash friendsinyourhead. Facebook.com slash friendsinyourhead. Uh, our email is friendsinyourhead at gmail.com. And the website, go to the forum. It's a really great community of people. And if you are a forum member who stuck around for the entire day we're going to talk here in a second because if you're here for the whole day we're going to give you a fancy little thing on the forum because we like really cutesy stuff like that and we did it for lord of the rings we're keeping it we're keeping it you guys so if you're here for 24 straight hours in a second i'm going to give you a code when you have all eight codes uh you get a you get a special thing on the forum and and holden will come and give you a high five in person but we'll get there in a little while the forum is great buy our shirts there's a big paypal button on our website we're not asking we're just saying and but do donate to the malaria do throw into the malaria at the time of this movie's ending we are at one thousand two hundred and sixteen dollars that is no small fee keep it up we can do it you guys now the website uh, it was designed and maintained by this guy holden hill silent on the live stream but this is the holden hill that designed and maintains the website and until next week my name is T. Christie, Kyle Madden, Derek Jensen, Mike Cap, Eddie Doty, and this has been What Are You Doing Movie? See you at Chamber of Secrets! Friendsinyourhead.com <laughs>